Hello, hello, welcome back to Downtime with Deeds. Featuring Savvy. <laughs> Hi, Savvy. Hi, Deeds. We're back. Yeah. After a month break? Something like that. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge that this podcast is recorded on the traditional lands and territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy, the Siksika, Kainai, Kani, as well as the Tutsina and the Iyahi Nakoda Nation on the Opetemisawak Métis Nation within the Alberta District 6 and all the people who make their homes in the Treaty 7 region of Southern Alberta. It is important for me that I do this because I've lost the connections and knowledge of my Indigenous and non-Indigenous ancestors. We at the podcast believe that since we give space for people to tell their stories, we must name the original storytellers of this land. Truth comes from the words we choose to say. Reconciliation comes from when we acknowledge that in this country, those words were almost lost. Words hold power. Yeah, they do. They certainly do. Friends, before we move on, I just want to correct something. I think in the last episode, I called it the Lahari Nakoda, and I think I just completely misread the word, so I apologize for my mispronunciation. It was confusing. You you read a small L as a or a small L as a big I and it just gets... Yeah, yeah. My brain my brain wasn't braining, but I do apologize and I'm grateful that Savvy corrected me when you came back with the land acknowledgement. Please be advised that this podcast contains discussion on sexism, abuse, religion, politics, racism, environmentalism, colonization, genocide, and generational trauma. Please note that the host co-host, and special guests only represent themselves with anything they say or believe. We'd also like to remind you to listen with care and that the following interview is someone's life story condensed down into just a short moment. We're all learning and making mistakes and growing. If you feel this content is too difficult to listen to, feel free to click away whenever you need to. If you feel like you can listen to it later on, please feel free to rejoin us at any time. Please be kind and understanding. Approach this with an open mind and love in your heart. Thank you. (sighs) With that, I just wanted to check in. How are you doing, Deeds? I'm doing good. In the spirit of learning things, I thought I would share with you some interesting knowledge about the Métis Nation, which is now called... The Otepe Mesowak? Yeah. yeah. So the Otipa Pemisawa. Yeah. Yeah. There. Um. That. That's actually very new to the Métis Nation. Yeah. I remember reading it and being scared of trying to pronounce it. Also, I'm sorry if I ever mispronounce anything. I even trip on my own words. It happens frequently. I apologize in advance. On that word, do you know what it means? No. Could you tell me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Otipa Pemisawa actually means the people who own themselves. I love that. Yes. I love yes. That so much. And and we now are rather than have um particular um regions, we have multiple districts and we're of district 6. Ooh. So it kind of uh if you notice you you that was also new to your um acknowledgement there but um i just thought it was interesting because one every time i hear the word district it reminds me of hunger games yeah me too but also i think it um it actually is acknowledging the wider rupert's land homeland of the metis 
throughout Canada and Turtle Island. So I just think it's really, it's progress to me. I love it. I'm sorry if you can't hear me very well. I was just putting a blanket on. Um, yeah. No, I, I wish I would I wonder if I can like contact the Métis Nation because I have like my ID for the Métis Nation of Alberta yeah. and I'd rather have it say Otipipimisawak if I could I mean but I could, I could see you getting that somehow or another it might take a minute it kind of like how um they reintroduced a driver's license program in Alberta where you don't have to retest after two years to be able to be a full driver. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's, they just, kind of, I got a letter in the mail the other day saying like, hey. Well, my ID is like rather old anyways. Like I think I got my ID when I was 17, 18 years old. So maybe you're due for so, a new one. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've, I've grown. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've changed. Surprisingly, I had bangs in that picture as well. So I think <laughs> we've come full circle. The yeah, back, yeah. the the, ba- the bangs are are backing the backing of the bangs. And I wonder, do I have bangs now just because people know me as the co-host with the bangs? Maybe. Or is that the reason I'm so inclined to get bangs every time I get a haircut to be like, I need to stay with my image. I don't know. They're they're kind of fun and flippy, and they're just they're in right now, and you're you're vibing with them. If that's yeah, two tone bangs. Yeah. yeah why not? <laughs> um, wait, I got sidetracked. You asked me how I how I've been, right? Yeah, we were talking. You you gave me a fact, <laughs> and we started talking about facts, and then we yeah. went on a little a little tangent adventure there. Anyway, please, how ADHD. are you doing? ADHD, as Renee says. <laughs> now, did you see that one? No. Interview. With the new Regina George. On... Oh no, I'm, I'm sorry. I tried watching Mean Girls when I was younger. Yeah, it is. This one's a musical, so no, it's, it's like that doesn't add to it. I didn't like the original. I don't like the concept of a musical. Either. Blasphemy! I know. Oh my gosh! I am. But anyways, I'm sinning. I'm okay, sinning. the 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 lead of the new like who took on the role of Regina George. Also, I disagree with Savvy. I don't. We, as as I said in the advisory, we all have our own opinions, but I am blasphemous. Well, you can love it all you want. You can I love will. It for me. I'll you continue. Go see the film for me. I I didn't like the original. I found it cringy and it made me feel uncomfortable in wildly <laughs> different ways, and I don't know why. Anyway, well, anyway, anyway, you can talk with your therapist about that. I do. Honestly, you should probably figure that out. There's some deep yeah, yeah, yeah. There. Anyway, continue. Um. So. <laughs> My point of bringing it up is Renee, the actor who plays um, Regina George in the musical, uh, both on Broadway and like on, on the movie, is a, is a pop singer, right? And they, they did this interview with someone, and the, the interviewer was oh, I forget their name, but the interviewer was just like, "I love how your brain works," and then Renee's like, "ADHD." ADHD <laughs> and I'm like oh, us yeah. in this so okay oh my gosh I went on another tangent while how I was trying to been? figure out how have I been <laughs> if this um, doesn't show ADHD I don't know what does anyway okay. continue squirrels <laughs> talk from the okay. Okay, okay 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 how have I been um I've been extremely busy but optimistic Oh, that's great. That's a new word for me and <laughs> feeling. Um, so we took a break over December. Yeah. Sort of. Like, we still premiered an episode on the 10th. The go-, go listen. We still premiered, but um, in that little break, I was obviously, like, working on podcasty things, of course. Yeah. But I actually got to see quite a 
few family members and it was nice to see people not just like the last few times I saw family members was just like going to see people who were on their essential ascent like essentially their deathbed or I the last few times I saw family was at like celebration of life and a lot of situations where we were grieving so yes I think we were all still grieving the loss of people not being here for these particular like family events yes um but I it was nice I I took a lot of time to myself to like walk my old town where I grew up um which town Redwater, remember like, I told you about like it. Way up north. Yeah, yeah, I went oh, there, snap. and you I went way up north, huh? Yeah, and well, way, way. Um, I went there for two weeks, and I did something which was the first time I've ever done, where th- there's like a hotel in the town. Sorry, and every I, time I hear someone say hotel, I think of Pitbull. Hotel, motel, Holiday Inn. Inn. Okay, we continue. Okay, <laughs> so I got that hotel um i i did something as an adult that is rare i booked a hotel stay and the reason why i think it's a big thing is i realized in a lot of the feelings i've been navigating this past year not always positive i realized for myself that i've come to have a bit of a short temper like i and like in the spirit of unmasking because i just have no energy to mask anymore it's either i have weird happenings with people like socially now because I'm eradicating the mask because I'm overwhelmed or underwhelmed or the emotions the grief the depression whatever it's causing me to need a lot more space for myself and so I took it upon myself to get a hotel room so that I can enjoy my time with my family but when I feel overwhelmed I can go and rest in my own space. I love that for you. And I only did it for the first week because it's expensive. (laughs) Well, I mean, still, it's like the fact is that you had, you thought about it in advance, you planned out what you were going to do, you budgeted for it, and then you went ahead and took action with the plan. And, like, obviously family came up to me and they're like, why aren't you just, like, why would you waste money on a hotel when you could just, like, stay in the basement or stay in this, like, guest room? And I was thinking about it. And one, well... Typically, um, when you're a single adult and you're visiting home, if there's, like, one guest room, it tends to go to people with either kids or significant others. Mm. And I remember the, like, last few holidays, like, prior to um, losing some family members, I would often get pushed to the basement anyways. So I was just, like, thinking, I'm like, you know, I'll, I'll give space because there could be people using it. No one ended up using oh. the guest room. Interesting. Really? So it made no sense for me to not be staying there. I did I did stay there for like the second week, like the last few days, yeah. which was nice. But I don't know. I think um, it wasn't because I was trying to insult my mom or any of my family by not staying with them. It's just because I recognize for myself that I'm not a, at a good place mentally mm. to just not have my own space at this at this point because I I had a lot of like scared feelings I was almost like not going to like go home for the holidays yeah one because of financial reasons which like soon got eradicated but then also because I was just scared of lashing out because I I feel I feel fully that 
I have no more patience for certain things. It could be someone just like doing a a comment that they've done a million times to like joke with me. And it would either like make me bawl and cry because I have no capacity or or I just get so angry. And I I guess I'm like saying this because I think it's like important that we recognize when we need to follow through on our own boundaries we set for ourselves. When I set a boundary, it's not something for other people to run their lives around if they want a relationship with me. It's for me to follow through with. I think that's wonderful. Like you, you recognized and that you saw all of these things and you were, you proactively created a plan of action for yourself. Yeah. In the sense of like what you needed. You, yeah. You, you I wanted realized, to be with family. Yeah. But I wanted to acknowledge that being with family could overwhelm me with everything we've gone through in the past. Yeah. A little bit. Just from, I don't know, I... I heard about this thing called like toxic therapy speech and I'm like I don't want to jump into there but yeah <laughs> you I, and I I don't think I do it but I have known myself to do it in the past and yeah. I, I try not to but from what I'm hearing from you right now you just sound like you thought about the past you created a boundary so that you knew that you'd be able to be okay and comfortable in seeing your family and then you created an action plan and you followed through with it yeah i planned in accordance and you executed the plan very well so with that because i was a little bit of ways and i don't drive now i'll give my family credit they like drove me home at night because it was scary walking in the dark to the hotel there's like no lights on that road and i'm just like in a i i brought a black coat because i i got it i got a new winter coat and i just completely like no one would be able to see me so they they did drive me home and sometimes they did pick me up in the morning because it was like pretty cold but a large portion of the time yeah yeah a large portion of the time i was walking so and this is a town i lived in from grade one to grade five so it doesn't seem like a lot of time but for a kid that's like years and years of growth like that life goes on forever it it feels it's it's the time and like ages when summer felt like it lasted for a year yeah yeah so i i just um I did a lot of walking, and it made me, first of all, made me realize how big I am, because I'm like, dang, I was so tiny. Look, I thought this was a giant forest. Now it's like nothing. But in the walking, I had a lot of space to think. I got to cuddle with all my family's animals. Ah! Super, super cute. I got to, like, hug my mom. And sometimes, I don't know, I just love, when my mom hugs me... (laughs) makes the world seem okay right Mm -hmm. and I got to see my little sister I got to see a lot of my siblings I didn't get to see my niece or my older brother and and um sister-in-law but I got to see quite a bit of people and it gave me space to heal and reassess and gain some energy back Mm -hmm. and also just get used to the family not being there and having to talk about them in past tense yeah I just felt a bit wholer to the point that when I came back I was motivated to do things 
for my mental health and physical health. So with that being said, like I, I, I booked a dentist appointment for the first time in six Round years. Round Oh my gosh. I already got my eyes checked because like I stepped on, I sat on my glasses that one time so I needed oh, new, yeah. but that was already done. And then like I, I went and got blood work done at the doctor's wow. and like I'm getting like a full assessment. They actually want to see me on Friday and I'm kind of freaked out because Normally they don't call you if it's like they're good things, but like whatever, like whatever well, it ends up being, I'll I'll re- I'm at a good place in my life to like focus on the health to hopefully fix it. it. Yeah, yeah, and it's better to know than not know because I've been feeling yeah. a lot lethargic, so it's nice to get blood work done to think if it's because I'm overeating or undereating or, or just not eating the right things. You could have even just like chronic fatigue. That like, could be it. Yeah, it, it could be that. It could be burnout. Yeah. I, so, like, the blood work that I'm going to go get see, get seen about on Friday will put me in a good framework. Because these last two weeks, I've also, like, started school again, um, getting that going, all my jobs going, figuring out what are my priorities for this next little bit. Mm-hmm. And a big part of the priority is mental and physical well-being. Because, yeah, I've been definitely lacking in that. But I'm still, like, sad and depressed at moments, but I feel like I'm equipping myself better to handle it, going back into therapy. It's going to be, it's going to be great. So that's everything that has happened with me. And also, this trip home, I actually got to talk to our special guests that were premiering this very chapter and I got to like re because it's been like a couple years since we listened to this like interview so I got to hear their thoughts and reassess and like so we can do it in the right way and I'm super excited for this next venture but before we get there I'm more curious about uh well not, not more equally curious savvy um, it was incredibly busy for me at work. And, right, that's yeah, where we left off. Yeah, and it was it was really overwhelming. Pretty much from November until December, yeah, yeah, just for the pretty much the whole two months, I had been working not exactly nonstop, but always in a state of limbo of possibly having to go somewhere or having to be called on to do a shift or do whatever is needed. I commend you for that because I think I said before that maybe not on the podcast but I think I was like how do you live in a world where you could be called on at any moment? Uh, It's just kind of something that I don't know. I'm I don't know. Wiggly with it. There's, there's. You're pretty easygoing in life, but it. (laughs) I I just I almost want to say like I'm kind of like Jello in a way where it's just. It kind of hit me, and it kind of just, I'll shake around for a second, but then eventually settle back down, and I'm still my original shape. <laughs> okay. um, it's it's weird. but um, So what was happening with everything? Uh, with work? Uh, so I work in multiple places, but yeah. my main uh, career right now has me traveling a lot, and so... Um, I was called in quite a few times, and November <sighs> was when the snow initially really hit and so I was called on to uh help out even more because there's snow and people get sick and things happen and things go sideways and it's never any fun it's always silent screaming but you have to keep smiling just keep smiling just keep pushing through it you can't do anything about it and so just having to go through some stressful times in... Savvy has a big creepy smile on their face as they're talking. I'm, it's like, okay, I'm fearful. But it's fine. It's going to be fine. Um, <laughs> it was silent internal screaming. Yeah. But, um, I was slightly reprimanded at another workplace oh. for writing up a report that was too 
whimsical. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> that's fun. I love being told that I can't be fun. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. So. Like, it was a negative. They weren't calling in to be like, good job on being so whimsical. No, it was, it was, we don't know how to take action with this from the admins. And they said, we don't know how to take action with this report and like the certain ways that you word things. Like, it's all cohesive and it makes sense. But it's just like you can't be so whimsical and say, there was much internal screaming during this period to this period due to this. You can't say internal screaming. It says, you can say, I felt a lot of pressure and stress due to this. And if we had another staff member on hand, then maybe it would have been easier for me and feeling less stressful. But it's not... I've never heard of someone being written up for the whimsy, but it suits you. Yeah. Well, I, was, I wasn't necessarily written up, but I was told, like, hey, love your creativity, but girl, you got to calm down with that nonsense. As it is. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, okay, fine. So you have to edit yourself for the normies, Yeah, I, guess. I have to have less fun with my creative writing when I have to write some boring, boring reports. Mm-hmm. Because writing out, like... Man Baby did this, and Man Baby did that when we were having an altercation at the business place. I'm like, oh, this is, I can't write Man Baby? Fine. Use the, their name. <laughs> the patron did this. I'm like, okay, uh. that's fair. But that was that was an example given in, um, like, one of the big team meetings. Um, we won't name any of these businesses, but I'm, no. I'm guessing in my head that I know what you're talking There's, about. There's... I was told about this at multiple different businesses about, like, you can't, you have to write specifically like this. Oh, my goodness. And it it wasn't singling me out, but it was, one of them was just a big overhaul, big company thing of, like, hey, do these things like this. That's boring. And it was boring. Yeah, it was one of those things of the majority of the stuff was taught online, and you just have to click through, and, but because of it, I had to... I personally like have taking notes while I do these things. Like I had to write an exam at the end of it with uh, my other career. Mm-hmm. And I write the notes and it's an open book exam and I have all the resources so I can look things up as need be. But um, still going through all of like the, the learnings online. I knew that I couldn't do online learnings because I found them to be so boring and I would always put them off to the last <laughs> second. Like, I, I couldn't have done school, like, post-secondary or, like, even high school during the pandemic. I know me. It would have dragged my soul into the dirt and I would have been upset and would have very much so procrastinated everything. Person after my own heart. <laughs> so, okay, so, like, work so, and things. Work we're, and things. We're distracted. Yeah. We're ADHD again back to the work um what else was going on for you that you need to let that out uh, i was sick in the first week of december last week of november first week of december i had a migraine for two days and then i it developed into a cold and i was gone i was so sick and because of that it threw all my plans out the window i had a contract that i had to fulfill in making cookies for a client and it was uh it's more of a hobby don't worry we're fine but um it was a hobby type of passion that i was contracted and paid to do but it was just it's a lot of work every single time it's a lot of work but i love doing it every single time but still just because i got sick in the first week and i can't you can't make food to give to other people when you're ill Mm. i was like i just it threw all of my plans and like decorating my home and all of that stuff 
absolutely out the window. I have never had a migraine. I don't think I've ever experienced one except maybe when I was like hungover in my youth. <laughs> I'm not that old <laughs> in my youth after like a, a blackout night. What is a migraine like? Like what does it do to you? Uh, well, it depends on how bad it is. I can have light migraines where they're just kind of there and I feel like a pressure building in specifically like my left eyebrow Mm. and uh, sometimes it'll start in the left eyebrow it'll calm down then it'll go to the back of my neck at like the base of my skull on the left hand side it's usually on the left hand side of my face for me it'll start generally with my eye and eyebrow area and then it will build up and go up over top of the back of my head to the back of my head and neck and sometimes they're brought on by like knots in my shoulders but oftentimes it's the weather cycles here because if there's too much pressure or if it's going to rain and it hasn't started yet I know that sometimes that will set me off is um, it debilitating like oh it really can be it's- I one time had vertigo with my sinuses and it, it, it when I stood up it was like I was drunk and could fall over or faint at any moment was it, is it like that it can be um so it's think of like a, a bad headache and so for some people they lose their vision like it becomes really ocular and they can't see and or like they'll get an aura in the middle of their vision and they can't see directly in front of them I don't get those but Mm. I do get like it hurts to look at light sound hurts um you get nausea like incredible nausea um it was I had another one on New Year's Eve because it was raining here which it's not supposed to do but it was raining here and I was packing to get ready to leave the next day because I had work and I uh, turned my head and I felt like I was going to puke and it was okay let's find the bathroom and curl up in a ball and lay on the floor because I can't do this. It gets to that point of like the light sound and I feel like one's coming on right now but I think I'm just a hypochondriac where I hear it and then I suddenly start thinking I have it. Wait, is this something that I have? Yeah, no. Like, you know when someone's talking about an itch and then all of a sudden you feel itchy in that spot? Yeah, or I've I've read stories about like, or you hear about someone talking about bed bugs and then you're like, oh, that was a couple hours ago. Then you go to lay down in your bed and I'm like, why am I itchy? This is a bite. I've been bitten. Um, So, okay, so you were ill. You were doing all that work thing. Yeah, I had social commitments family commitments and then I experienced a loss and I had to book off of work because I couldn't handle it I'm so sorry it just sucked and I have never really experienced loss and grief like this before because I've I've dealt with deaths before yeah but do you think it's your first close loss where okay I'm just it, it was my dog my dog died and it really hurt and she died on the 21st of December I had had her for 14 years and and you're how old I'm 24 now so that's half of more than half of your life yeah it's like life was good and I was doing well and my family saw her as an opportunity for reset after some recent trauma that had happened and um Wait, your family saw her as an... As, like, a thing of, okay, well, here's something for you to focus on after this trauma, and you'll be able to build a relationship with this little fluffy creature. Oh, from your your childhood. Yeah. And And so they got her for you. Yeah. I love her very much. It's important that we never treat any loss 
and compare it to another person's loss. No. So I've told you about my losses, and I think I've, like, told you the number, like, 30. Yeah. Some of those losses do include animals, like, family animals. What I want to say is, for you, like, when I say my condolences, and I'm sorry you're going through this, I truly mean it. It doesn't matter if they're an animal or a person. I appreciate your condolences. Was it the pup-up that I met? I think you have, like, a big golden. No, big golden. That's Ted. He's still around. Mo was this little, little girl that hardly anyone recognized or, like, knew because she was just she always lived with my mom Mm -hmm. and when she was getting up in her older ages she just kind of she vibed with my mom and we went on camping trips together but she didn't come out like that often and can you show me a picture of her later or yeah you can pull it up now I can pull up a picture of her now but um what's her name Mo Mo yeah uh I I love this dog so much and I found like I had this I had this pain about it because I loved her so much in like the past five years I actually was able to create more of a bond with her and I, I still loved her and all that this is her I know. Sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but like, I, can I describe the image? Because it's sure. so you and whimsy. That Okay, yeah. okay, let me let me see. Okay, so to describe the image for our viewers, and I hope I'll do it. Um, what's her breed? She was a Bichon Shih Tzu Terrier Cross. Okay, so she's a Bichon Shih Tzu Terrier Cross. She's sitting on green grass with what looks like... Um, uh, a green, green trees in the distance behind her kind of a bit like um, blurry compared to the grass she's sitting in the bottom right corner her chest is more towards the camera but her face is like slightly tilted like she's staring up in the distance to the top left you can see the reflection of the sky in her eyes she's so clear and she's wearing she's wearing wild flowers in her yeah. above her like um her left her left little like ear. droopy ear yeah and she she looks like she looks like like if you've ever seen pride and prejudice when that woman's <laughs> mournfully looking in the field she looks like she could be a, a peasant in old england times yeah but I, in dog form i could see it and, and she she looks like a nymph of the wild but a dog and it's beautiful and she has white fur almost silver little black like her nose you can like see how like um moisturized it is and the eyes look like they're almost like wet with tears yeah well this is like truly this is a masterpiece and i want to share it on our instagram because typically when people are like oh this is my dog you just like see them being a little like little little, little, little thing on a like rug but this is like a whole it's like a whole it's a whole i can vibe. write a like children's book around this image yeah. i i loved her so much and what oh my was actually gosh. going on in that picture yes yeah. uh so my mom was picking clovers in the backyard and when clovers go to flower they turn into like these little puffs yeah and that are generally like pink or white they almost look dry like dry flowers too like the color like it's like a it's it's like a soft blush yeah it's a very soft pastel yeah and um what was happening was my mom was picking flowers in the backyard Mm -hmm. and for some reason in her little mind she decided to start picking them with her she would bite them she'd bite the stem and then she brought them over to my mom like i don't know what i'm doing but here it is (laughs) and so i got her to stay sitting still for a second and i put a couple of flowers in her hair and it just 
I love that oh picture my so much. She, she is her own... Like, you can tell that there's real soul in that dog right there. And yeah. It's definitely the breed where you're like, are you a human behind those eyes? Like, yeah. the eyes are very similar. And most people think, oh, my God, it's a dumb little white dog where no. the, the eyes are crusty. No. No. We figured out how to mitigate the crusty eye business, and it was the dye in her food. So we were really particular about what she got to eat. And it was... It was just rough because towards the end she was experiencing like some seizures mm. and uh, she had a, a growth on her that by the time we took her to go see the vet about it because it was suddenly there and we were like, well, what can we do? They said, well, did you want to lose her leg or did you want to just leave it? And we said, we're going to just leave her have a leg. As controversial as some people may think that is. It's your like decision. Yeah. What you think is best for her yeah, and well-being. It was just, it was too integrated into her, and she was older at that point. So we figure, well, she seems to be happy and vibing for as much as she can be. And it didn't, she didn't squirm when we touched it, so she seemed fine. But it was just very sudden, and it really hurt. And I really struggled with it. And I still struggle with it because I see sometimes like, I'll, I swear to God that I hear her little feet walk down the hallway mm-hmm. or I'll turn in the kitchen and I'm thinking, oh, well, I'll, I'll give her some of like this food that I'm cooking. It's like, I'll be frying some meat and I'll think, oh, I'll keep a little bit. Right. There's no one to give that to. Or let's go for a walk. It's just going to be me going for a walk. And so with her passing and the holiday season, it just made this year extra tough for me because I was not ready to deal with that loss and working so hard. I'm only now being able to kind of like let my hair down and breathe. Like I've got time to myself. I've yeah been going so fast with so much going on in my life and it it's just been a lot and it's not necessarily great but we're making our our way through it and it could be worse thank you for sharing i had this thought go through me yeah. when you were sharing and i blame you for this thought another one another one dj khaled oh i'm sorry another one <laughs> I thought Another one. I thought we were gonna get through a chapter with no loss on our at least for us. Yeah. Another one. Yeah. Another one. And now with you saying another one and you saying a loss and now I'm thinking another one bites the dust and I'm like oh how dare you? Brain. You can blame me for that one because yeah, I, like, I think you brought the DJ Cal no. the last time and I brought another one bites the dust. We do not sponsor these people and they clearly do not sponsor us. Yeah. But but it's it do be hurting. I mean and that's why we like give space to talk about these things, right? Yeah. And At least it'll live forever. Whoever's listening to this will know the name of Mo and the description of that glorious photo. Yeah, and it's and she was loved and had a full life. And she still is and still will be. Will always be. Because I loved her so much, and I'm I'm gonna miss her. Now you just got like big ticks, right? <laughs> what is a text? You're big golden. Oh, that's Ted. Savvy has a dog that uh, looks this... like a golden retriever on like steroids. Like he's, it's so big. He's our house horse. <laughs> he's huge. Like I I'm pretty sure he's part like Aikida or something. Like he, he can't just be yeah. or what's that um mastiff? I think they're like farm dogs that like 
protect the herd and everything, and they're huge. Yeah, that people think think that he's part Pyrenees. We apparently did the DNA my dog thing, or my stepmom did, mm-hmm. and part of him is flat coated retriever. Flat that sounded really Saskatchewan in there. Flat coated retriever. As, <laughs> he's part flat coated retriever, um, part Great Dane. <laughs> Um, okay, the Great Dane, that yeah. makes sense with the and size, because so that like, is a huge golden retriever. He looks like he's Pyrenees. He's, we call him an absolute unit of a dog. Like, his face is bigger than mine. He's, yeah, he's a chonker. Well, he's not a chonker. He's, he's also, just, like, such a lovable little, little baby. Oh, he's such a pretty, he's just a little guy. I need a, he's I 110 need a, pounds, a little guy. He's just a little baby. He's just a little, little baby. baby. Oh, um, so cute. But I got to go see him uh, earlier this week, and I had dinner with my dad and stepmom. You are about to say I had dinner with him? Well, I mean, <laughs> I, did I did have, have dinner, dinner with, with him. <laughs> I did have dinner with him. I did not enjoy the kibble. He did. I had turkey. Thank you. <laughs> But um, I love the way I know you're saying that as I had turkey and he had kibble. Yeah. But the way you put it is like I did not enjoy the kibble he served. Well, I was not, <laughs> and he didn't share any, obviously, because it's his kibble. That's been Thanks that. Thanks for sharing. I'm, yeah, it's been a little bit traumatic for the past two hey, and a half months. Let's go further. Year. Yeah. <laughs> last two years. Yeah, it's, it's been, just been. We've been at it like. It's been rough, right? It's been rough, but honestly, I've learned so much in this time. Sometimes it's like, wow, I didn't need to have all these character growth moments right now, but damn, I'm a much better person for it. I think um, there's no upsides to losing people, but there is something that I enjoy, and that's like having not really a reason, because sometimes when people are still alive, I forget to talk about them, and introduce them to people who've never met them, share their names, how they were, even with animals. And when I lose someone, I have this, like, vigor to talk about them Mm. in, like, conversations and keep bringing them up and keeping their memory going. So I think, like, like, that picture you showed me, even though I never met Mo, brought me so much joy, and I want you to know that because I think you can talk about Mo and continue talking about Mo for the foreseeable future with us. You have no idea how many dumb pictures I have of her. She she put up with so much of my nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> Sabby's reaching for their phone I'm to sorry. show me more. No, don't apologize. As we do this, we want to remind you to unclench your jaw. Take a deep breath. Have some good eats. Uh, take a take a cup of tea if you need. Take a break. Go get a cup of tea. Drink some water. Um, relax expel, your shoulders. Expel some water. Yeah, yeah. I mean, whether that's in the form of tears or in other ways that we're not talking. And you about. know, you, you know, you know, my favorite one: unclench your butt. Yeah, <laughs> I found that I don't relax my forehead recently. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, that makes sense. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm currently massaging your temples, pulsating my face. Yeah, and to like make sure. So just remember to uh, <laughs> Congo the Tatas. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, sure. Do you think they heard that? Maybe, probably. <laughs> uh, but uh, just be sure to take a minute, yeah. take a deep breath. Um, We're get, getting into our next section. Uh, do do a, do what my one friend labels as a toddler check. How's the toddler in you doing? Oh. They're uncomfortable? Do they need to move around maybe? They got some built up energy? Maybe yeah. they're angry. Do you need a nap? 
You can go take a nap if you Pause need to. Pause right now. But you can come back to that's that's all good. Okay, so for Deed's discovering, I think the last time when I introduced uh, my uncle Don, um, I I told you a little story about them. Yes, you did. Okay, so this one I'm gonna I'm gonna share this story, which I think is like oh my gosh, I have so many good ones. Okay, okay, so. <laughs> Um, I think, like, this story kind of sums up my grandma. So, my whole life, my grandma has been shorter than me. <laughs> so, she is a, a very... powerful She queen. is a very petite woman. I love it. And I remember just, like, this isn't, like, one specific memory, because, like, I grew up with... I grew up with her. Like, she lived across from me in the same condos. Yeah. And so, <laughs> from, like... 10 years old when I started getting taller than her until like now she would like every time she saw me it's like I would stand up to give her a hug and by that I mean if I knew grandma was coming over and I like when we moved away and we she wasn't beside me like I would make sure I was sitting when I would see her so that I could stand up and have, she can have the full effect of how tall I am oh. how much taller I am than her I'm kind of like a whoosh yeah moment. yeah yeah and so it would <laughs> the, the every time I see her it would be like this she'd kind of like look up and she'd be like come give come give your grandma a hug come give grandma a hug or whatever like she never like talked about herself in the third person but she's like get over here and so I would give her a hug and she's like you need to stop growing taller <laughs> and that was the number one thing and then like sometimes if we were taking pictures and I I was really like lauding my height in front of her like really hanging over her like putting my arm on her head and everything she would just like pinch me in the side it's like how dare you you stop that yeah yeah you stop that i think like a really cute memory and oh okay so my family is full of jokesters people who like to pull a lot of pranks on people when my dad was still with us in the condos he would go out of his way to annoy his mother-in-law my grandma so almost at every birthday people be getting cake in the face <laughs> oh no oh no so, your family okay. was that family yeah, yeah. i was always terrified okay. of that okay up. so at this point we were living in the condos on one side and my grandma was in the condos opposite of us understood and so like when there was parties people would just like move houses or whatever it's like oh and all I remember all I remember seeing is my dad one time I was in the living room eating my cake or whatever and I saw my dad from the like front door come running into this house out into the backyard and jumping a fence And then I saw my grandma (laughs) chasing after him. Here's what happened. So my dad had this joke that he loved to pull on my grandma where he's like, what's the difference between your grandma and a seal? And I'd be like, nothing. And then he'd be like, yeah, exactly, nothing. They both have whiskers. (laughs) So I think what happened was he, uh, he went up to her in front of everyone. He says the joke very loudly in front of her. Okay. And then she puts cake in his face. Uh-huh. He returns the favor. Oh, boy. And she grabs even more cake, and then he's off. And it's from one house across the condo into the other, and she's full beaming it after him. Oh, I'm just imagining, like, this tiny little woman who's just like... It's okay, my dad was pretty tiny, too. (laughs) He was a tiny... He was a short king. How, How tall was your dad? Oh, I think I, I I grew as tall as him when I was like 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, 
That's that, five eight. That, that, I mean, that's tall for a woman, and like, is it? Yeah, no. The average Canadian height for women mm-hmm. is, I think, like five two. Yeah. So you're tall. Oh, you're shoot. tall. Okay, that's a little bit about my grandma. I'm so excited to introduce her to you all. Without further ado, enjoy chapter five. Indeed, discovering. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Downtime with Deeds. This is the part of the show I like to call Deeds Discovering, and yes, of course, I am the Deeds. We are joined again by someone I find incredibly amazing. Last time we were joined by my uncle Don, my paternal uncle on my dad's side. This time, we're joined by my grandmother. I love her. She's a matriarch. She's a strong woman, no matter how short she is. She's always been super strong to me. So, Grandma, thank you for being here and giving me the honor of listening to your life story. If you can, please, for our listeners, tell us your name and where were you born? Hey, first of all, Deidre, thank you very much for asking me to help you out with this. Okay, my name is, my birth name is Sandra May Miles. My married name is Sandra Lattiser, the second marriage. I was born in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, and yeah. (laughs) So that's where you were born, Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan, oh, words. And Grandma Sandy, who are your parents and your grandparents? Okay, well, my mom's name was, her maiden name was Ethel May Hall. Mm Mm-hmm. And she married my dad, Clarence Alexander Miles. When they got married, I was born three months later. (laughs) (laughs) So they were probably pregnant with you before they were getting married. (laughs) (laughs) I got pictures of her. You see her big belly. And I'm going, oh, I was at the wedding, but I don't remember it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, and on my mom's side, her mom's name was Geraldine May Mercer. That was her maiden name. Okay. And she married... My grandfather, Donald Hall. Oh. My dad's mom, they were, she was from Quebec. Her name was Amy Gauthier, her maiden name. Gauthier? Yeah, Gauthier. Gauthier. Yeah, well, that's the way I pronounce it. A uh-huh. lot of people pronounce it differently. Mm-hmm. And she married, uh, her husband's name was John Miles. Okay. Now, I do know that my grandmother, mm-hmm. her dad was from Ireland. Oh, an Ireland Yeah, he came over when he was two years old. Okay. Came over to Canada. So all his his other siblings were born here in Canada. Her father, Donald Hall, his grandfather was uh, Billy Hall, who married, he was an Irishman, Mm -hmm. but married a native woman here. So this is your dad's? My grandmother's, my mom's side of the family. Okay, so this is your mom's side of the family, yeah. and this is your grandmother's um, grandpa? Or your grandmother's father? That'd be her husband's father. Or her, her husband, Donald Hall, that'd be his grandfather. Oh, okay, so your, your grandmother's yeah. husband, that's who his parents were. So his parents was an Ireland, Ireland Irish immigrant who married, who married an indigenous... An indigenous woman. And that gave birth to... To the rest of the whole family. <laughs> so, gave birth to the man who ended up marrying your grandmother, who gave yeah. birth to your mom, who yeah. gave birth to you. Okay, great. Just yeah. just keeping it on track in my mind. And one day, Deidre, I'll have the whole genealogy printed out, and you'll know how far <laughs> back 
Everything goes. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. This is great. This is what this podcast is about. I'm just trying to... It, I'm, I'm on this journey with the listeners, so I try and, like, at every point, sum it up and <laughs> make sure I understand what's going on out there. Okay, so you're at your um, mother's gr- uh, parents. And that was my mom's parents. Mm-hmm. My dad's parents were... Uh, she was from Quebec, Amy Gauthier. Okay. And her husband's name is John Miles. Now, I'm not too sure where he was from. Okay. I don't have all my genealogy stuff here in front of me to know exactly where he was from. Yeah. But. An, an interesting thing about my grandmother is she does genealogy for our family, for this, at least for her um, relatives, and she has stacks upon stacks of books <laughs> and genealogy, which, again, I find incredibly fascinating and equally important. Grandma... Who are your siblings? My siblings? Okay. My first sibling, Mm -hmm. his name was Rod. Okay. But my mom was young. Okay. And she ended up having him at the Beulah home in Edmonton, Mm -hmm. which I discovered, found out where it was at in Edmonton, but it's not there anymore. And it was a place for unwed women to go to. Okay. She gave birth to Rod. No. Was I born first? <laughs> I don't know. But I know she gave birth to him. And, uh, yeah, when she gave birth, that was when her sister was getting married. Okay, so she gave birth to your brother, Rod. Yeah. Okay. Not, so I'm not sure. I can't remember now exactly when. If you were first or if he yeah. was first? Okay. So, uh, but she gave him up for adoption because she wasn't living with my dad. Oh, so, so she was probably rather young. What, yeah. What year was it? I do not know. Oh, interesting. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, That's okay, Grandma. I know I have stuff in here somewhere. I guess I have stuff all over That's okay. my house. And... The important thing is that you obviously knew about your yeah. brother later yeah. on in life. So yeah. tell me a bit more about that and your other siblings. About the other siblings first? Sure. Okay, we'll start there. Okay, I was born in Meadow Lake, Saskatchewan. And then next would be my, oh, Rod would have been next, yes. My sister, Roseanne, was born in Drayton Valley. And she was born in, no, she was born in Eckville, Alberta. Eckville. In 1958. Then next was my brother, Philip Miles, who was born in Drayton Valley in 1959. My baby sister, Geraldine, was also born in Drayton Valley in 1961. Mm. Now I have a brother, Brian. Mm-hmm who was born, I can't remember what date he was born, but he's younger than my than my youngest sister. So... Because he was a different father. 1858 was when your uh, sister was born, the third oldest. 1958, not 19, 18. 1858. Oh my gosh, you're all <laughs> over 100 years old. <laughs> That'd be something. Yeah, oh my God, I know I'm old, but not that old. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have, first of all, your brother Rod. Yeah. Your sister, um, Rose. Okay, there's me and then my brother Rod. And then... Then my sister Roseanne, which Roseanne. we call her Mickey. Yeah, Aunt Mickey. Then my brother Philip. Uncle Philip, yeah. Yeah, and then my brother, my sister Melody, well, Geraldine, but we call her Melody. Yeah, and we'll by her middle name. And so you had four siblings, and you were the fifth, and you were also the oldest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Oh man. 
They feel so much younger now than I do. <laughs> <laughs> you the oldest. Um, yes. I'm the middle child in my family, so I can't relate. <laughs> I cannot. Um, okay, so those are your lovely, beautiful siblings. Um, three who I was privileged to like meet. Yeah, I think you know. met Roseanne, yeah. Mickey, and Aunt Mickey, and Aunt Melody. Melody and then, and of Phillip. course, I grew up with Uncle Philip in yeah. and out of our lives. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Um, is there anything you want to like share about your siblings or you were, you were talking about, uh, how you come to find out about Rod's, uh, since he was adopted out. How we found out about Rod is my sister who was living in Saskatchewan come out to BC. Okay. I was living in Clearwater and she came out there to let me know that she was pregnant. And we were living in a, I was working at Clearwater Hotel in the cafeteria side and my house was a little wood shack. Up the hill. Plumbing? Huh? Was there plumbing? No. Oh, okay. It was just a shack where you had bare slots in between, right? Okay. So I know, because I remember when I was working, this trucking company come up, and they said, well, we had a whole bunch of empty boxes. Oh. So they come up there, brought their big truck up there, and they put, stapled the boxes all around. <laughs> uh, and you, so you it wouldn't just, be cold. <laughs> and you just, oh, they insulated with boxes. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, what year was that? That would be 19, oh my goodness, I was 18, so 1970, Holy. 71, yeah. Okay, yeah, so 1970, oh. you are living in a shack that's insulated by boxes yeah. with no pump plumbing, but you are working in a hotel yeah. um, restaurant side, uh, and your sister comes to you pregnant. Yeah. Continue on. Yeah, so then, uh, then that's when I met my ex-husband, okay. Vance. And Vance and I took her back out to Saskatchewan. Okay. And when she let my mom know that she was pregnant, my mom left the room crying. We thought, oh, what do we do to our mom now, you know? Like, How old was your sister? She was 15. Okay. Right? So my mom came out in this picture mm-hmm. and put it on the table. And we're looking at her. We don't recognize this picture. Yeah. Right? This picture of a baby. She said, this is your brother. I had to give him up for adoption. You're not doing that. Oh. We are keeping this child that you're carrying. That is so, such an incredible yeah. thing to do, especially at that time in yeah. society and how oh, yeah. the judgment, like the fact that your mom was like, I don't want you to go through the pain I went through. Yeah. Well, my mom, like, you know, and she let out later too that in the 50s, I was born in 54, mm-hmm. in the 50s, she says, a single woman did not have a child. They were really scorned upon. She had a friend that lived in the trailer court that she would go visit. Mm-hmm. And if anybody came to visit her, she would hide her baby in the cupboard oh. so that no one would know that she had given birth to a baby. So it's important to understand the time then and how important this was. In, it is. In, in probably what it defines what kind of woman you want to be and your sisters want to be yeah okay so continue on she says she drops the bomb you have a brother so we tried finding him your brother yeah we didn't know what name he was under Mm -hmm. so my mama named him norman and then we got a call quite a few years later Mm -hmm. from my brother and because his daughter had tracked us down and they, well, she had the adoption papers and everything, right? Okay, so it wasn't Which a close adoption? that we had. No, it wasn't a close adoption. But we were not, we could not get a hold of the adoption papers. Yeah. Right? Because the, the adopted family would have 
that. Computers weren't widely popular. No, folks. no, they weren't. And please ignore any beeping on my computer again. Technology is new to me, listeners. <laughs> Anyways, Grandma, continue on. But she, uh, his Rod, daughter found yeah, you. His daughter found him. Well, she told him who we were, mm-hmm. and I'm the first one that he contacted. And when was this? I was living in Maywood Apartments. Were you like 18? Oh, I was more than 18. Mm. I already had my girls that day. So we met him. He came over to my apartment and met the girls and Mercedes. Mercedes yeah. was alive, my sister. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So and this was like where you were already a grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had a family reunion out in BC, which we invited him to because mom got him his treaty and everything. Which we will get into later, yeah. discovering yeah. their treaty status. So then uh, we went out there, mm-hmm. and we had to rush back, because all of a sudden his son came out, so I got to meet my my nephew. Okay. You know, and, and his mom, right? Mm-hmm. And I thanked her so much for looking after him. And it's funny, because my dad was in the oil field. Her husband was. And we pretty well traveled the same routes. Oh, really? Yeah. So Grandpa Vance and... No, my, oh. my, my dad. Oh, and then <laughs> Grandpa Vance is your your ex husband. Yeah. Yes, okay, father of your children, not your yeah. not your dad. That that would be weird. <laughs> so it, it was interesting to find that information out later. But he came out to to Chilliwack to our family reunion out there of all the hall reunion. Mm-hmm. And then he ended up getting really sick. So Nicole, my daughter Nicole, mm-hmm. drove with Chris and his mom Evelyn. His, Adopted mom. Who you're, like, welcoming into the family, yeah. obviously. Yeah, we did. And she welcomed us. Mm-hmm. So then Rod ended up in the hospital in university. We, your mom and I went up there to see him. Mm-hmm. I have a letter from him that he wrote, and I still have it to this day. And Mercedes had done in kindergarten, like, you know, a paper plate that made, like, an apple on it mm-hmm. and a smiley face. She was cute in kindergarten. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, he had that hanging on his wall oh. all the time. So we don't know what happened to it after because his wife would not allow anybody around after. Didn't want us there. So, so that's fine. he passed fine. away. Yeah, he did. So we went down to the funeral, mm-hmm. and he was cremated, and his ashes were spread out in Banff National Park. His son had uh, put a big X on one of the trees where the ashes were spread at. Mm-hmm. I don't need to go anywhere. I talk to him wherever I'm, I'm at. So you were able to have a bit of a relationship oh, yes. with him oh, before yes. he passed away. We had a beautiful relationship. And he was he to able meet... to meet his birth mom? Yes, he did. Oh, okay. Him and his wife went out to Yorkton mm-hmm. to meet my mom and my other siblings. Do you still talk to his mom and his, like... His mom passed nep- away. Oh, okay. But we did. Do you still mm-hmm. talk to your nieces and nephews? Yeah. One niece lives in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. The other, the other one, the nephew, he was out in Kelowna when all those fires were going on. So we talked to him every once in a while. and that's all it's, We maintain that connection. And it's kind of interesting to me because I feel like I'm hearing this for the first time because, well, quite frankly, you were healing from it all. And yeah. you were witnessing it as it happened. And obviously my mom and aunties were witnessing yeah. it. and. So it makes sense that you wouldn't like sit us down when I was like in grade one or two to explain to me about this yeah. relative oh, no, you, who I wouldn't be able to develop a relationship no. with. With Mercedes, though. Yeah. Mercedes must have had one heck of a very awesome relationship with him. 
Yeah. Even though she didn't see him. That's my little sister, y'all. She's yeah. amazing. <laughs> Even though she didn't see everything mm-hmm. or know well, everything. that's just who but she was. Know, she was pure-hearted enough. When, when, when her uncle Rod passed away, mm-hmm. and you guys lived in unit number seven mm-hmm. at the Cedarwood Condos, and she would see him. Yeah. He'd be up there, like, say, between the wall and the ceiling. Oh, you mean his spirit? Yeah. She would actually see him, and they would talk to each other. I believe that. Yeah. I am... I'm so privileged to be here and interviewing you because I feel like I have so much love for this man after you reintroducing him into my life. And I'm well, grateful know, for you to share this story because they deserve to be remembered. Oh, know? they do. They do. And and it, and it wasn't a fault of his or I think no. your mom for the situation at hand. These things happen and it's so hard to reconnect after that well, time he and had, have that love. I think there was hepatitis C, I think. Mm. And that was from him when he was younger doing drugs or whatever, dirty needles. So mm-hmm. when we went to so visit him, he says, do not touch nothing in my bathroom. Yeah. You know, like, do not touch anything. So his wife would go and, like, clean the bathroom before anybody else would go in there and, and that, eh? So and they put all his stuff up away. and Absolutely no judgment for me on anyone who's no. dealing with the, their addictions. It really is a sickness. For your brother to have to deal with adoption and abandonment and everything and not knowing his his own history for the longest time yeah. i can definitely see that even even for those who are sent away from families yeah. that generational trauma still like stays well, i think them. what helped a lot mom never held anything back mm-hmm. and so she let him know she got him to get his treaty that is from the chiacton reserve and that's what he knew. Yeah. His kids knew. You know, and it's it's awesome. And I'm I'm just so happy that we knew who our brother was. Yeah. That we didn't know we had a brother. Yeah. And then we we found out we did to have that to be able to connect with that brother. And his family. Mm-hmm. And his adopted mom. Well, that was his mom and he's got a brother, right? And who accepted us and yeah. When we were brought up, you always accept anybody. I Not really, a? that's really amazing. I guess I, I wanted to let us continue talking. I still want to get back to your childhood, but I, I wanted to hear this like full st- story and narrative of Uncle Rod. Well, he, you know, we were, I think we had him for two years. Mm-hmm. And we talked all the time on phone. Like, not all the time, like every day or whatever, but we talked. <laughs> yeah. And, we went down and visited him, and that we went and spent one Christmas with him. My mom and my siblings mm-hmm. were all out there. Okay. And my mom gave him a native statue thing. It was awesome. It like it was like we had never not known each other. I understand. That's the that's the way we are. Yeah. You know, and so it's it's awesome. Well, going back, <laughs> let's hear more about. I guess since you were raised with your other uh, three siblings, um, I want to hear more about your childhood. Where were you raised? Um, what was that like? Anything you want to share or tell? Hey, well, okay, remember I was born in Meadow Lake. Okay. And then from there, we moved to Drayton Valley. Mm-hmm. And I remember living in a trailer court there. And I, with me doing genealogy, I need to go check places out, right? Mm-hmm. So I remember that there was a, a bar and then the trailer court. So I couldn't find the trailer court, and it was, I mean, because that was a memory, because I 
broke my arm there on the swings out there. How old were you? Maybe three, four. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> when I was two, I had my tonsils taken so out. So you grew and, up in a trailer park? Yeah, yeah. Would you say your family was middle class? Well, I don't know, not then. At that time, I didn't realize anything about Mm, about like middle class or whatever i know my dad worked in the oil patch my mom stayed home you know my dad was an alcoholic Mm. and i think we were there in the trailer court until philip was born or yeah the reason i ask is i I think it's important to come from an understanding of privilege both in like class systems and everything for me it's important to understand with my family not only their struggle but the the lives they led and the circles they involved and with me i think that just the way we were brought up there was nothing saying that oh don't talk to them they're they're poor mom talked to everybody Mm -hmm. you know my dad i don't know he was out in the oil fields all the time or whatever that eh? but i know the relationship with my mom and dad was not good Mm. he tried to kill my brother philip oh yeah. And you're okay with sharing that on the phone? Oh, yes. I'm quite okay. So your dad was Working the oil dealing patch. with his own addiction yeah. and also an abuser. Yeah. yeah. He abused my mom a lot, but not, nothing that I remember. Mm-hmm. I mean... Do you think you might have, like, blacked it out? I think so. Or, I know sorry, with, not blacked it out. Blocked it out. Yeah. <laughs> That's the term. But I know with my, with my brother, Philip, when he was born, mm-hmm. and we were in the bedroom, and I happened to come into the kitchen... Mm-hmm. And he's got the butcher knife above my brother's throat. And how old was your brother? He was just born. He was a baby. Yeah. And how old were you? I wouldn't have been okay. He was born in 59. So I would have been six. And you had to seven see years this. old. Yeah. And your, was your mom there? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was there. And she was screaming. And I yelled at him. <sighs> like, Don't you dare kill my brother. And he grabbed the knife and he threw it. I think he was trying to hit my mom. But it then hit the fridge and stuck into the trailer floor. Mm. So what happened after that, I don't know. But just, just that vivid memory is what really has always been in my mind all my life. And how, how has that affected you, do you think? I think it affects me that I, cause I don't like abuse. It's a core memory. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like treat people the way you want to be treated. I mean, yeah, it's probably hard on my kids growing up, but... I think it's like super hard to come to terms with the fact that your your own parent yeah has such a twisted interpretation of love or maybe not even love. I feel like that's I don't think he knew what love was. I know what when uh like when I married my first husband Vance and Dawn was born. Auntie Dawn. Yeah. And I thought, Okay, I'm gonna take her down and show her to my dad. Mm-hmm. I just wanted some sense of saying, Hey, this is my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. She's beautiful. I love you. You know, and it didn't turn out that way. And I had so and you all wanted my, to show him what love was, like yeah. by showing him someone you loved. Like we moved it, we packed, brought all our stuff in the trailer. Okay. And I had my my grandmother. You and Grandpa Vance. Yeah. And I had my grandmother's quilt that she made. Mm-hmm. I never did get them because I we got kicked out of the trailer. Oh, so I, you lost them. Yeah. When I went and met my dad, I'm probably jumping way ahead here. Yeah, yeah, you're no longer a child, I don't think. We're, you, you jumped from six years old to having a baby, and I think you were like 19 when you had Auntie Dawn? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm probably all over the place. It's but... okay. And also, for while we're talking about this, listeners, if you hear any chatter in the background, um, just know <laughs> we're currently in a hotel room and I can't control the outside noises, unfortunately. <laughs> So we're just going to deal with it. We're humans. This happens. But you were saying you took... I think, you know, like from us accepting my brother, Rod, that we never... Mm -hmm. um, And then you're 19. Then I'm 19. You're currently with um, Grandpa Vance right now. And Uh, you have my Auntie Dawn's born. Yeah. And a cute little baby. Yeah. So we go down to Kelowna. Mm -hmm. I found out where he was at and everything. You lost contact with your dad? Yeah. Did he separate from your mom? You know, I don't know. I think my mom, my mom loved him. Yeah. So we go down there. Mm-hmm. And his first thing was, never mind the baby, he can't take me to Kelowna. He goes to the bar. Oh, he wants you to go and buy him something? No, we went to the bar. Oh, you went to the bar? And I thought, I thought we were coming to just grab something, grocery or something, eh? Mm-hmm. But no, he said, oh, this is my daughter. I thought, I gotta get home. We gotta get back to your place. Yeah. You know? But he never really paid any attention to, to Don. And then the next day, his neighbor down the, got the trailer down, we're having a party, and so I left Don with, with Vance, because I had to go back to the trailer and grab something for her. Mm-hmm. His, my dad's new girlfriend or spouse or whatever, mm-hmm. her brother's there, and he tried, he was chasing me around and around. So Vance and I, we just grabbed Grabbed on and left. All my pictures, all my great, my grandma's quilt, homemade quilt, were in there and I never did get them. So I never did see him after that. When we found out he died, mm-hmm. my aunt, who lives in Athabasca, outside of Athabasca area on a farm, a friend of hers from BC sent her the obituary of my father. Mm-hmm. All us kids' names were never mentioned that he had us kids. So, so he that, didn't acknowledge you. Or... No, to me, I brought a thought. I never had a father. Yeah. Never had a father. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of uh, like in my family, the women are stronger than what the males are because you had to deal with that. Yeah, and it's always been spousal abuse and all the men for years. There's been a pattern. Yeah. So okay. the women have got to be strong and. Raise your kids up to be strong and, and that, so. Well, you did yeah. do that with my aunties and my mom. You made yes. them really, <laughs> they they didn't take anything from anyone. Well, I mean, you know, you, you got to show your kids that, hey. Yeah. No matter what race you are, you're a woman. You're a human being. Mm-hmm. You so, don't need to be abused or whatever, because. So I would, would you consider that your first experience of adversity that you've had to deal with, having that person chase you? I think so, yeah. Because, I don't know, I never had that happen to me before. So that was your first time experiencing that type of um, adversity in your life? Yeah. And you were, what, 19 with a 19, baby? Yeah. Hoping to reconnect your baby to your father? Yep. Well, I thought if he saw his granddaughter, he would acknowledge his kids, right? Yeah. No. I am so sorry you went through that. Oh, you know what? We all go through stuff, and it's all, in my opinion, it's all learning experiences. Yeah. If you're willing to 
instead of being the poor pity me all the time, what can I learn from this? Mm-hmm. What do I know to watch out for? Yeah. It's just unfortunate that that even has to happen. Well, it is. It is. But you know what? Men get abused just as bad, too. I agree. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, part of learning about your history, you don't always learn about the good. You learn about the bad. It's important also not to shelter away or yeah. hide those things as some forbidden no-no, never speak about it, because the truth of the issue is... You have to, in my opinion, you have to speak. But it's still unfortunate that it had to happen. Well, and it's, it's scary, but you know, like I said, with us growing up, like my mom, we left Saskatchewan and left BC or Alberta. Mm. And then when my mom and dad split up, we moved to Buck Creek, which is not far from Drayton Valley. Mm-hmm. And my grandmother, her second husband, yeah, they had a garage in Buck Creek. A garage? Uh, yeah. And you lived in a garage? No, we, okay. there was a, like she had a garage, Okay. right? And a, like a gas station in the garage, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was five cabins behind, and we lived in one of the cabins. Okay. There. And it was awesome. It was a new experience. I went to school there. How old were you? I would have been five. Okay, so we're going back. This is yeah. before the incident oh, yeah. with your dad. Yeah. Just so we can keep track. We're going back. You you were five. This was you oh, weren't man. living you you weren't living with your dad no. anymore. So this must have been seven at least. Because yeah. you said you were six when six, the yeah, incident with Philip yeah. Uncle Philip happened. Yeah. So you are now seven. Yeah, I got the garage, and that's where my And you're going was. to school, because I don't think five-year-olds go to school, or do they? <laughs> I don't, can't sure. remember that kindergarten, but no, I did my grade one and grade two there. Okay, so well, yeah, you were definitely like seven, eight. I'll always remember her name, Mrs. McGavin. Mm-hmm. You know, only because her son, she had her son come over with a motorcycle and yeah. give his kids a run on the bike, right? Yeah. But it was neat to be in a small school, mm-hmm. and I look at it in comparison to the bigger schools now, like, a small school. I mean, we had to play outside and yeah. enjoy, you know, and got to know everybody. Mm-hmm. And talking about Buck Creek, when uh, there was a trailer court up past the garage, where the garage, on the lot where my gra- the garage was at, eh? Mm-hmm. So I'd go up there and look over this big cliff. Thing, which to me, I thought it was a big cliff, but it wasn't. It was just an opening in the ground, right? Then somebody said, the devil's in there. Don't go near there. Like in this water, eh? What a scary thing to say to a child. (laughs) That's what my mom told me, I think it was, because she caught us and she said, don't go there anymore. The devil's in there. All right. I'm sorry. I think that made sure we stayed away. Unless you wanted to be friends with the devil. And you're like, who's that guy? (laughs) So so you you stayed away from him? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, But the school, the school was fun. Oh, it was. It and really was. What was your favorite subject in school? I don't remember the subjects. There's oh. only grade one and grade two. Oh, okay. Right? I just remember that we always bring, like, say, old perfume models, had Homer models, or, well, mm-hmm. she had it. And in the boot room, that's where we had our little store. <laughs> that's because we play store, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, it was fun. It was a small little school. And for grade three, where did you go? Did you guys move? Yeah, we moved. Where'd you move to? Hey, my grandmother. Mm-hmm. First husband was Donald Hall. 
Captain Hudson was still the carrier. This is a lot to keep track of, folks. This yeah. is a lifetime of stories. How old are you, Grandma? 67. Yeah, 67 years of stories, so we're keeping so her track. third husband, she got Yeah, she married him. Okay, she must have been running the garage when mm. the farrier was hurt or they split up. Then she met this guy. Okay. No. And uh, you moved from that place. Yeah. But he was a farmer from Saskatchewan. So you moved to Saskatchewan? And, yeah, so obviously... Somewhere in that time, we must have moved back to BC or something. Because my... So after grade two, you moved back. Were you in school still? Mm. Yeah, or she met him. Okay, hang on. She met him in Ashcroft or Chilliwack. Okay. He was in, in the army. You know, my great-grandfather would say how... My third grandfather there... How he would throw his rations out off the train that she can feed her kids. So he would throw his rations off a train yeah. as he was passing by yeah. so that your mom can feed you guys. No, so my grandmother can feed oh. her kids, right? So then, anyway, they, they met up. They got married in Smoky you, Your mom? My grandmother. Wait, hold uh-huh. on. Oh, okay. So you were living with your grandmother in that place with yeah. your mom and your, and your three siblings. Yeah. And then you moved because your grandmother... She got married. Okay, and he was throwing her rations and she... In, in BC. Okay, and your grandmother was giving the food to you guys. No, to, my, to feed her kids. Your my, grandmother my had and, other... my, and her two siblings. You weren't born yet? No, no. I, I'm confused. I thought we were talking about <laughs> where you went. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, just, I'm getting to where we went to. Oh, so my this grandmother was... had married her third husband... Oh, and you went back to that place that she was at. No, because we were living in... Okay, we're living in Buck Creek. Yeah, you and your mom, a lot. Yeah. Okay, and your grandmother is getting rations thrown from no, this... No, okay, she got the rations thrown in BC. Okay. When her kids were still small. Okay. Right? So when she met up with him again, they got married, because she was already had the garage in Buck Creek. Oh, so she met up with him later in life. Her, yeah, Brenton. Okay. No, she knew who he was then. Yeah. But later on. Yeah. Is when they met up again, and they got married in Smoky Lake. Okay. So then, my grandmother. Well, we all moved to the farm in Saskatchewan mm-hmm. by Mikado, mm-hmm. where my third my third grandfather. That's where he was born. He was okay. born in that house. Okay. And he died in that house. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Years later, my grandmother says, I'm doing genealogy. She says to me, she says, you know, I know where the church is. She says, but I don't, she says, the whole ceremony was in Ukrainian, so I don't know if I was baptized, <laughs> married or what. So she married a Ukrainian dude. Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. But back to you, uh, y'all. You're no longer in second grade, and you you move from that place. Where do yeah. you go? Oh, that's when I moved to McAdoo, Saskatchewan. Okay. And I was supposed to be in grade three. Okay. It's a one-room schoolhouse. Oh. The teacher is on the acreage where the schoolhouse oh. is at. And we walked two miles to school. Two miles? Two miles. How mile, far is that? It was for a mile people? from my grandfather's place to the corner, then another mile down to the school. 
Okay, so I'm so, bad at math. So how far <coughs> would how long would that take you in hours? Oh, we well, yeah, hey, we're kids. We're fast. We walk fast. You know. Okay. So maybe an hour. Okay, that's still an hour <coughs> of walking to yeah. school. Mm-hmm. But it gave us exercise. Mm. When it come winter time. Yeah. Then uh, then my grandfather would take me and to the corner. Mm-hmm. The people who were a mile up the other way, mm-hmm. they would bring their kid to the corner. The other ones are a mile the other way. And, and then you like, would all walk together. Meet in the corner, no, and then we all get in one vehicle, they would drive us to school. Oh, okay. They either driving us to school or sometimes we took the horse and buggy or whatever. And so you went to grade three? three, three right through to grade eight. Grade eight? Yeah. Okay. And, I think it was grade eight. And then did you graduate high school or? Yes, I graduated in Yorkton, Saskatchewan. Okay. So you had moved again? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're living in Yorkton. And how old are you? <laughs> Gotta make me think. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna make nine, you... uh, Nine, nine, 16? 15. 15? 15? Yeah. So we went to a school called Sacred Heart Academy. Okay. We all had to wear uniforms. Interesting. Yeah. So we had this, the sisters. Mm-hmm. The other, the boys' school was called St. Joseph's School. Okay. That was the so was priest re- that taught. It was a religious school. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Had to wear uniforms. And, mm. Which was okay because you didn't have to... Wonder what, what I'm gonna wear this day or whatever, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it comes time for graduating, I went to Yorkton Regional High School mm. and had my grad there. So my mom, my grandmother, my great grandfather was there. So it was it was nice. So you had like, a, despite some of the grievances you've had to deal with with your father. Or um, that man who is not your father. Yeah. I'm just going to call him that because he in no way deserves to be your father. Um, You had, your mom did a really good job of bringing your siblings up. She did, considering when we moved from Buck Creek and moved out to the farm, Mm -hmm. my, well, I'll call him Giggle. Mm -hmm. And then when they moved out there, they took us kids. My mom came out after. And she, she must have been working somewhere. Then she got into a uh, car accident by Lanigan. Okay. And so she, that was in 61. And car rolled over her. Mm-hmm. So she's in the hospital for many years. Okay. And, that, and she had one hip that was really busted up. Mm-hmm. So she was... She had more crunch, used crunches for a long, long time. Throughout your childhood. Yeah, and my grandfather mm-hmm. from the farm, yeah. he would drive us up there to go see her in the hospital. Oh, so you were living with your great-grandfather then? Oh, uh, my grandmother mm-hmm. and her third husband. Oh, okay. On the farm, so... Oh, that must have been rough. It was, but you know, Deidre... He was an amazing man mm-hmm. to take in, to have a wife, and all of a sudden have to look after the grandchildren. Yeah. But like he was an amazing man. I mean, we did a lot of stuff. And we knew, learned a lot of things. Mm-hmm. 
and to take us up, take time. It was the Ukrainian the... dude, right? <laughs> With well, the Ukrainian wedding. I well, she said she didn't know when they got married or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that that, that, that was with this guy that yeah. you you like, got to know. We weren't. Mm-hmm. No one was at the wedding. Yeah, yeah. Not eh? Yeah. But it takes an amazing man to take time from the farm. Mm-hmm. Number one to look after four kids. Yeah. And to take us up to Saskatoon to see her mom. Mm-hmm. And then he would take us up to Madge Lake so I could find my baby deer. Because <laughs> <laughs> backing up from that, we had a deer that was caught, a baby deer was caught in the wire fencing. And you let it free? And he brought the to the farm. Mm-hmm. And then we looked after the deer while we called game wardens or fish and wildlife. Mm-hmm. And they when they come in, I, we start, I don't think us kids started crying. I know I did. Oh, well, you're taking him. him. I want to see him. Yeah. You know? They said up to Madge Lake. So I, he, my grandfather would take us up to Madge Lake. And, so you could see the deer that you yeah. saved. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. And hopefully I mean, Bambi did had lived a long life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just call your deer Bambi. But it was nice to be accepted. Mm-hmm. When it comes to, say, holiday traditions or whatever. I mean, we didn't understand the language, but my grandmother cleaned the house up so well. Yeah. And that's when they had the cellar doors in the floor. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. I remember. Yeah, and next time it comes Christmas Eve and... Oh, by the way, I don't remember... <laughs> I, I, I never knew my grandma's grandparents. I just remember from my own... My dad's mom and dad, they have the yeah. cellar. Yeah. That's what I meant. I wasn't there. I'm not a time traveler. But, but remember yeah. knock on the door. Mm-hmm. And so my grandma opened up the door. Mm-hmm. And they throw this stuff all over the floor, eh? Yeah. Oh, I started crying. And what do you do? My mama just cleaned this up. And you're coming. You're making it dirty. How dare you? Oh. My grandfather grabbed me and grabbed me and says, Sandy, it's okay. This is our Ukrainian tradition. And Okay, but I still shouldn't have done it. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. You you yeah. fight for your grandma. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. It was, I got to say, we had an awesome time growing up. I keep asking this, but was there plumbing at that place? No. Oh, my. We had to go to the outhouse. And get bring in water to use? Yeah. Okay, I was just checking. Our bathtub was in a big steel tub. Mm-hmm. You know? But like old bathtubs, oh, I guess you have to you have to put in all the work. To, if you want a warm bath, you really have to work for it, yeah. right? <laughs> well, my grandfather did eventually get plumbing in there. And yeah, yeah, bathtub. yeah. Later on, yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this portion of our segment up. We're kind of like not kind of like with my uncle Don for this interview. We're doing it in one day, but we're gonna have separate portions for each episode. So, Grandma, thank you. Oh, we made quite, it to the end of our first episode oh, segment welcome. of Deeds Discovering. We're going to be on a short break, and then we're going to get back into the conversation of Sandra's life. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, listeners, for bearing with any technical difficulties, sounds, and things such as that. Us chewing. Yes, we were eating during it, but I believe <laughs> in the effort of... S- oral storytelling and sharing you deserve to be a human and if you're hungry you eat (laughs) so thank you so much and we'll see you next time (laughs) she's so 
She's uh, funny. I, I keep, I don't want to infantilize my the elders in my family, but she's so fucking cute. With like, <laughs> really? I, I remember here, like within the first like 10 minutes, Yeah. I was like, this woman's funny. She's nice. I like her. <laughs> She like, oh God. I think what was like really exciting is we were really trying to keep track of all the names, places, and timelines. I felt like me and you were like at the edge of our seats watching a soap opera, really trying to like figure out like who betrayed who, what was happening here. I mean like third husband. I was like, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. So Savvy's a fan of, I think what we realized is the third third grandfather third husband was also the man from the train the, yeah, the it's like ukrainian, ukrainian train man throwing the food off the train yeah and big fan big fan of third husband but i was just i was like i remember within the first like 10 minutes i'm sitting there i'm thinking i'm doing a mind map of okay well this she related which fought what which grandma? Yeah, you drew a tree, yeah. hey? Yeah, a tr- family I, tree. And it I, looks like it has a lot of branches. It do. And I was like, I had to scribble out some parts because I was like, okay, this is there's a lot happening. And I, I wrote it down um, with, in like a short form. And then I was like, no, 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 let's, let's give this a proper space. And it's just kind of like, wow, there's a, there's a lot going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You already said my grandma's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, no, she's funny. I like her. <laughs> I think like her willingness to talk about such serious issues and give it its space, but then move on is something that I strive to be in this podcast. Yeah. Like she'll say something that you're like second guessing what you heard, but she meant it. But to her, she's okay with sharing that so publicly I felt like she shared so much of like personal issues she went through, and she just and was happy to it. it. And she was moving through it like it was just it was yeah. there was nothing in her way. Yeah, as you said, she moved through it like water, and really tried to answer my questions. Yeah, and it was it was impressive on how much she was just able to just flow through it. There was she she did go off on tangents but she did loop it back around to understand like okay this is we go off on tangents yeah yeah yeah. but she gives background story to bring it back around to make it make sense cohesive and understandable so like i think where we were getting lost in the timeline of it all was her just fleshing out who this person was and previous things that happened so you know like when she's talking about her her good childhood with her gra- third grandfather and grandma, yeah, and she's giving you the backstory of how they met previously and like uh, things that kind of like show who they are as people. It's it's not to confuse us, but it's just to be like before I talk about this point in my life, let me tell you more about this person who directly affected my life and yeah. how I think it, it it gives it a whole a wholeness and like a rounded feeling, whereas to. I felt like it, she did jump around with like when and where things happened, but in looking at the family tree and saying, "Oh well, they were born here," or "This is this year was the year that they were born," or "These were the parents and they came over at this time and at this age," mm-hmm. it actually brings a whole picture together in an abstract kind of way, but it all works like a zipper, like it, it all clicks in perfectly. So truly we were at the edge of our seats trying to, also stopping and pausing it a bit and like being like, did we hear what we just heard? Wait, back it up. What's, yeah, what's yeah. happening here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's your overall impression well, she's, of Grandma Sandy? I in, really enjoyed how much she was able to just talk, like you said, openly about things and that were difficult, but her outlook is phenomenal. And her, the way that she sees things of like, well, yeah, it's going to be a difficult life, but as long as you keep on 
moving through and learning from your difficult times, then you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And I listened to this other podcast and they say, you can go to Sad Bitch Island, yeah, but you can't live there. There's no houses for sale. Yeah. And she maybe has experienced Sad Bitch Island in different parts of her life. Yeah. But she still was able to learn through them and just go about her life. And no matter how much adversity she faced, she was just able to keep on going through it and take them as lessons and just keep on going. And it didn't seem to affect her in such a heavy way as it may affect myself or someone else. It just, she talks about it factually of like, this is what happened to me. This is what my life was. This is what my life is. These are the things I experienced and I'm a better person because I've learned from them. Yeah. So grandma is funny. Yeah, she's funny. She's like water. She's like water. She and she's a sad bitch. And, oh, oh, no, she's not a sad bitch. She's a sad bitch. Grandma, you heard it first. Sad, call you sad, sad bitch. No, I, sa- I Gra- said that she's experienced sad bitch island. <laughs> okay. But yeah, I guess that's different. She's, she's gone to sad bitch island. She may have been there, but she doesn't live there. A lot of people <laughs> try to make a home on sad bitch island and... You're allowed to be there for a bit, but she came out of it. Like, she experienced adversity, and (laughs) she chose to move through it and learn from it, which was impressive as all heck to me. When I'm confused, like, Grandma's willing to let me be confused, and then she's also willing to be like, ah, I don't know. (laughs) Like, sometimes I would ask a question about a timeline or whatever. She's like, are you kidding me? That's been 50 years since, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, she said it was just bit. It's been 50 years, and I don't really remember much of my childhood. Yeah, so she shared the memories she did have that were big, but, like, I love her willingness to just, like, not answer the question, too. Like, yeah, you no, don't have to like, force yourself. She's like, I'm not. I'm just not going to answer that, because that takes a different type of tenacity of just choosing to say, no, I'm no. good. Like, I think there was one time where I was just like, uh, how old were you? I don't know why <laughs> like i love it i love the banter um now that we're done complimenting her let's yes. get down to the nitty-gritty uh the gritty-gritty so grandma do the gritty sorry that's yeah, a dance yeah, move. yeah. <laughs> is it yeah oh, okay i was just going along with it no it's a, it's, you... a, it's a dance move oh, okay <laughs> do the grandma <laughs> okay so um so my grandma was born in saskatchewan in Metal Lake, right? Oh, yeah. Here comes the cartographer in me who wants to know where that is. No. I'm sorry. No, I I'm, refuse. I'm looking it up. You can look it up for okay. yourself. I'm going to enjoy it. I'll tell you that right now. All right. Um, she talked about, uh, she she was confused and wasn't sure if she was born for it at first or her brother Rod was born for it. Oh my God, I can't even say it. Bo- I want to say born. born first, but I'm saying born first. So, okay. So she was. You're from from Boston? Stop bullying me. My grandma's going to listen to this and she'll hear you. Um, No. Uh, So, grandma was born first, or she didn't know if she was, or her brother Rod. Me, I think for the plot that her brother was born first, because I've never heard of many situations where. They keep the first child, but give the second child up for adoption. I almost feel like it was a thing where her brother was born first and then given up for adoption, and then they had kids later that they decided to keep. Yeah, because it could have been one of those things of, it's too early in my life, I can't yeah. do this. Yeah, yeah. So, But we also like remarked on the time at, the, at that time 
Um, what was the year that her brother was born? I Rod? Yeah. I, I'm not certain I didn't get that year. Grandma was born in nineteen fifty four. Yeah, fifty four. So if Rod was born earlier, it was in the nineteen fifties or forties. Yeah, something. Regardless. Like that. But something she remarked on, which I think is this is what fascinates me about talking with family members who may have lived in different generations than you and a bit longer is that you really get uh, uh, almost like a, a portal, a black hole, into... <laughs> y'all will get it if you keep up to date with things. Anyways, that's an inside joke. Uh, outside, inside, whatever. Um, the thing about it that I, I appreciated was like hearing the sentiment that it was unheard of to have a child out of wedlock for a woman. There was a lot of shame and condemnation condemnation or condemnation condemnation of of children born out of wedlock i think she told the story of her her mother had a friend in the trailer park who would hide her baby when people would come over and visit yes it was a tough situation but there is so much strength in going against the societal norm to hopefully give your child the best life and i'm hoping it was positive because i i never got to talk to this woman or meet her. I don't really know what her personal life was. So that's a lie. I met, what am I talking about? I met my grandma's mother. I met her in her older age, but I never got to talk to her about her youth and what it was to give up her son. I I didn't get to have that conversation with her before. Yeah. Yeah. I've met her. (laughs) I've talked to her throughout my life. So like that was a lie. Sorry. But I've never had that conversation that I'm having with my grandma in this interview. Yeah, so not in, like, this depth or... Well, you were probably much younger then, too, right? Um, Yeah, but, like, I I think I was telling Savvy that often when my family would go see this side of the family, like, over summer holidays, um, for a lot of those times, I was always with my biological mom, Carol, visiting her. So I didn't always get to see the family as much as, say, my little sister did. And we talked about my little sister in the podcast. Yeah. And... Oh, sorry, in the interview. And... I guess what I'm like trying to get at is it was nice to see to have my grandma be okay with just telling the truth as it is that women faced a lot of judgment they still do but there is a lot of sexism with regards to how they go about their life um it's it was just a different time period when things were accepted and not and unacceptable and different societal views and different cultural views like if it depends on where you were but it was generally kind of a very strong thing of like well if you had a kid and you didn't have a husband or you weren't married it was not okay you're scorned yeah i think my grandma used that word scorned or i would even say you were shamed as well yeah it's just because it's like that you didn't do that back then but now we have people who are actively choosing to be single parents. I just thought it was interesting because it reminds me that my bubble I grew up in was different. Do you know what I mean? Her mother would have been judged whether or not she kept the child or gave it up for adoption either way. Yeah. It was a a rough situation, but my grandma then went on to say that she met her brother later in life when she was already a grandparent. Yeah. Um, I was born, my little sister was born, I'm assuming my little brother was born. She met him and unfortunately she only got to have two years with him even though she said that it felt like they had 
known each other their whole lives. Yeah, and it's it's kind of impressive how you know there's even people that you're not related to. There's sometimes you pe- you meet people who are kind of like I would say matching socks where y'all are just mm-hmm. same hat kind of thing of being excited and just clicking and it's whatever you want to call it is when you make that connection and you just know it's like yeah this person we're gonna get along really well and we just have a good time and you just it's one of those things of you know that it's this is your person whether it's in a romantic or just a platonic or a familial kind of way of like this is someone that just gets you it's like you you've got that person as much as she was like talking about the love she had for her brother she also talked about his experience with addictions and how that affected his life growing up when you're removed from your culture from your family what it does to you from grandma's perspective she didn't chastise she wasn't like when she said he was an addict she didn't say it in a negative way like she was mad about it no it was just a reality she she spoke with what sounded like no malice in her voice yeah that's what i was trying to get at yeah it it's it sounded really she just spoke about it factually of and i appreciate that yeah and it past traumas influence your behavior now she saw it and just addressed it of like this is what it was yeah and addiction is a disease it's terrible and Mm -hmm. she just spoke about it as like yeah that's it's something that he had these things are a part of you but they don't make who you are yeah exactly and it's it's impressive that people can see that some people cannot see it it's impressive that she can see it and she just moves through it so gracefully she states the fact and she does not seem disturbed by it at all that was just like one thing about her brother she goes on to then share her childhood and how her own father, who will not be named her father, the man who helped give birth to her, she talks about him and his addictions, his alcoholism, yeah. his his abuse of her mom and her siblings. Like little Philip. That was... That was terrifying. She I was think, six? I remember when I was asking that question, and she says he held a knife to my brother Philip's throat for some reason. And this doesn't make it better. I was a picturing, like, oh, a full-grown, like, teenager or adult, like, fighting back. Uncle Philip was a baby. And then throwing the knife at her mom. And having it stuck in the floor and her remembering the sound. Because she said she doesn't remember her childhood a lot, but she remembers that. It was interesting to hear her talk to me back then because I felt like she was almost discovering things. She was like, now that I think about it, I don't think he ever knew how to love. I don't think he was my father. Grandma, upon finding out she was pregnant and giving birth at 19, she was currently like married to my grandpa Vance. Yeah. She has this idea to go find her dad. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, go visit him and introduce her daughter because she's hoping that like the minute he meets her daughter he'll like begin to acknowledge his children again and want to have a relationship yeah so like seeking that love which I get like I always sought out my biological mom's love no matter what kind of like abuse I faced as a kid it takes so much for you to have to pull away and even when you pull away you're always yearning for that love from your parents so he is more interested in like going to a bar than being with the baby which kind of just signals how big his alcoholism had affected him yeah so she goes back to her kid and then there's like a party happening and they go 
And then she's like, oh, I need to, I need to go get something back at my dad's trailer for the baby. Yeah. And she goes there. And then her dad's new partner, her partner's brother, begins to chase her with malicious intent. Yeah. And then she's so scared that she leaves everything and leaves with her baby and husband and never comes back. She doesn't hear about him until years later when someone says, oh, your dad has an obituary. So she finds out he dies, reads the obituary, and they leave all of her and her siblings out of it. That just feels so mean to me. That's so... It feels like a quiet disowning. You're chasing after your parents' love, and even when they're gone, you're not acknowledged. He was a hurt human being, but that doesn't excuse... No. The, like, the the way that he acted towards her. Because you can... Hurt people hurt people. I understand that. But it doesn't it, excuse. It is... It's not an excuse. It is a, It is talking about the actions that are being taken, but it does not excuse the fact that the actions are hurtful. She acknowledged the abuse, but then she goes to say men experience abuse too, but... Then she also acknowledges the pattern in her family where she'd noticed like all the men seem to be prone to spousal abuse. She notices that the women have to be stronger. I think at the time when she said men experience abuse, I think past me was just trying to say, hey, that's, I agree, which I did. But I think I left space out because I think what I really wanted to say is, while I agree with you, grandma, and I'm trying to understand where you're coming from, let's not use someone else's pain to dismiss what you went through. But it was, it was the balance where as I'm talking it through right now in my head, what I think it was is she was recognizing the pattern and this pattern, her father abusing her family comes from the fact that he was probably abused at some level so she recognized the pattern and she didn't want to i don't think she wanted to dismiss that the men in her family as much as they abused they experienced abuse and i think that's absolutely it's colossally large of her to acknowledge that men also get abused it's 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 such a big thing that it doesn't matter who you are you anyone can experience abuse anyone can be an abuser but it's just i was so impressed in hearing her saying that men also get abuse i think i left it at agreed and then we moved on yeah because past me kind of recognized she was she said what she wanted to say she said her piece and she wanted to move on what you want to share and what you don't want to share in the space you speaks volumes too right so i but i me now and past me i think there i remember there being like hesitation because again this the phrase men experience abuse too i've realized has been used in arguments to dismiss the experience and the abuse of women yeah in large political ways societal ways it's con it's a phrase that's constantly used to undermine someone else's experience so i just want to make sure for our listeners that they know that while we agree with grandma and this is what we're seeing, this is what we're hearing when she says a phrase like that, I don't support the idea that of using that phrase to dismiss another. Am I, am I making sense? Uh, kind of. Um, what I'm gathering is you don't want the phrase of men get abused too to be used to kind of balance it out. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be used as a comparison you don't want it to be used as an excuse for 
uh, women receiving abuse or anyone who, being who are abused. talking about their abuse. Yeah, it's it's it. I, I don't want it to be used. I don't want it to be used as an excuse to decenter another person's experience. Yeah. If that's the experience we're talking about, while I recognize that that wasn't my grandma's intent, it was her. It's just like a phrase that I know that has been used in malicious ways before. I keep saying the word malicious. That's the word of the day. But yeah, yeah. I, overall, it's like whether that's her coping mechanism or that's just how she sees it and just says, just said it as her factual ways and how mm-hmm. she says things of men get abused too. Yeah, men, women, non-binary, everybody in between experiences and abuse. Went and on to like notice the patterns. Yeah. So, yeah. I, but I, I think I think I'm making myself clear that yeah, now we. I feel when like I said I agreed, I did agree with her, but. I left it in that interview at that pause because she wanted to move on. But in us reflecting now, as we tend to do, I'm seeing like bigger connections from, I'm learning more from what she said and connecting the dots while also being aware of the public and knowing that phrases like that have been used poorly. Yeah. Throughout this interview, I found myself more than once asking my grandma if it was okay if we talked about it and kept this in the interview. Yeah. Because I believe in um, constant consent. So we always do this with the intent to be as honest as possible, but to allow for that continued consent to take place, I recognize that as much as we can have these conversations with little shame, like I'm comfortable right now. I'm like stretching. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel good. I'm going to have a good sleep tonight. As much as it might be... I don't know if normalize is the word. We might be okay with it. I I get that it's heavy. This is heavy stuff. We take the care before we release it. And it's also why we implore you to take care of yourself. And I think I will keep it in my grandma giving us permission. Because I think that's important. Part of having these hard conversations, hearing, hearing about someone's life is hard, I think, in some sense. Is to, I want us to demonstrate that we always check in with each other. It's, and it, that it's important to keep checking in to say like, hey, are we good? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, is this okay that I maybe share with someone else? Is this okay that I talk about this with maybe my mom? Is this okay that I share it in mm-hmm. therapy? Is this something that I'm okay to even talk to you further about? Like sometimes people will say in conversations, I'm uncomfortable, I'd like to change the subject. Yeah. And so instead of having to have them work up the courage sometimes to say that it's important to keep checking in and saying like hey are you comfy yeah yeah are you good is this is this an okay time for you are you this is all in the nature of learning and unpacking certain things um to that point uh moving on this was something i almost missed but i think is also equally important so she began talking about her experience of living with grandma and also like Ukrainian train hero oh, third grandpa. Ukrainian train grandpa. Not <laughs> hero. A side note, I was rather confused at the beginning of yeah, that part. Like clearly. I wrote, I have it down in here in my notes of mass confusion in all caps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got a bit confused in the timeline, but we found our way, hopefully. Yeah. Imagine this comes out and grandma's like, you got it all wrong. Oh, no. We have to produce an extra episode, an extra special we to wrong. say like, we were completely incorrect about yeah, this. The timeline. So um, yeah, so I think when you're like, 
<laughs> when we were listening and we paused it because we were getting confused. Yeah, I was like, wait, I wait, think wait, what? I, I can share. I'll share this yeah, and you yeah. let me know if it's okay to keep it. But you were like, there's like my grandma talking about like her first husband and second husband and then her grandma's third husband, not the second <laughs> one. And you're like, is there like a thing in your family where you have to have at least like two husbands? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> while we were listening yeah and i'm like i wish you know honey but i want them all at the same time <laughs> i want my wives and my husbands all together to take care of little old me because uh, i'm just a baby it's uh. just like there's a minimum of at least one husband apparently <laughs> but i was like okay i mean no judgment like pop off queen <laughs> if it doesn't work out then it doesn't work out apparently if it works out for the best then it works out for the best you do you honey but i was like wow that's i was a little confused because there's wait, we were talking about Vance and then we we skipped over the middle one for a second there and then we went all the way to Ukrainian train man and I'm like is this the, the, the? I I was more confused cuz I think at one point I was like so you you took your baby that you had with grandpa with your grandpa and they're like no no Vance is your grandfather Vance is my ex-husband yeah very like, allow okay. me to clarify this situation like, oh, for yeah. you I'll slow down my talking oh my goodness but okay so uh she goes into like life with grandpa and third grandpa <laughs> hero, yeah hero, no, there husband. was no second there was no mention of second grandpa or first whatever anyway yeah but like she goes into their her life her childhood with them after like her parents split up and before she was 19 having my auntie dawn and everything yeah and And she talks about her childhood she talks about like the schoolhouse and how they would play store in this one area that was cute and like just like she was relaying i think something she said and i could be paraphrasing definitely i am but she was like relaying all these happy memories to say hey i went through a lot of difficulties as a child but i still had like love and adventure and like happiness with people who really worked hard to to give me that you know in spite of all these other things like i think that was like incredible like she she talked about remember bambi (laughs) oh yeah i (laughs) I've seen videos about how small baby tear are. It's like, actually, I don't even know if it was Bambi. I think I just called it Bambi. It could yeah, have been a full grown ass deer that they were it, taking it care of. Yeah, I was like, I was thinking, okay, I don't well, think she specified. Deer. If this deer was fully, like a grown deer, then that's that. It could have been a buck, or it could have been like a, I forget what the female ones are called. I know the the babies are called fawns, but I just remember. Thinking, like, if it's a little deer, then I've heard about how dangerous it is to handle baby deer if the mother comes back around. Mm. But they did call a wildlife yeah. people. Yeah. Like, why are you taking him away? Yeah. I, I just, like... He was I like, mean, honestly, I said Bambi because I thought, like, okay, small children could only ever, like, nurse a Bambi back to health, like, size-wise. But I also love the image if it's a full buck <laughs> just taking care of like my poor baby um and like oh i think like she said that like third grandpapa i think i'm gonna add three paws third grandpapa pa 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 yeah pa 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 not pa 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 uh took them took them to to where they like released this deer so in hopes that they could see the deer that they rescued as a kid um, which I thought was soups cute. Um, and then I was hoping that like, if they got to raise the deer, I don't know if you've seen like the Hobbit, 
But there's that one elf who rides in on a giant deer with oh, the hottie, antlers. Oh, hottie daddy? Yeah. Hottie daddy elf? Yes, I was just thinking, like, uh, you could have grown me. up and been that. Could I you love, imagine? I love me some hottie daddy elf. What a time. What, are you, what a time. I'm just going to Google pictures of him. No, I'm, um, I'm, I was looking up what a female deer is. It's a doe. I, was, I know what that is. I was having a moment. Anyway, um, so moving forward. Another thing, and I don't know if I paraphrase this, but she spoke to this in some respect, but she was like, in that childhood, when she was like living with her grandpa and grandma, she felt like it was nice to be accepted. Yeah, especially with uh, the the Christmas traditions, like the holiday traditions. Yeah, I she said like she said because he's Ukrainian, and it, and I think she said her grandma during their wedding didn't know what the heck was going on because they were speaking in Ukrainian like the whole time. Yeah, yeah. So she grandma had not a clue, and when she was living with them, and there was like community events or they would go to things, they just didn't know what was going on. But I think she said like her grandma spent the whole day cleaning the ca- like the house. And then they came in, and they were threw, throwing, like, food on the floor and everything. And they're like, don't worry, it's tradition. And she's like, how could you? She's just crying in the corner because, do you not see that she just cleaned that floor? Like, I clearly I clearly take after my grandma with, like, the fake crying and jokes and everything. Because, like, my grandma is such a dramatic biatch. <laughs> like, she's just it. like, how could you? And just miming the tears. I thought oh, that was hilarious. That's so cute. Oh, my gosh. I clearly, I take after someone. <laughs> someone someone's got the drama in the family. Yeah, it's, it, it's cool to hear that, like, no matter what, what your family has seemed to, like, experience and for the adversity that she's faced. Yeah. No matter what she oh, all of your family seems to end up in a very open, caring and like loving community. Being accepted in a community where she doesn't understand the language and things things are happening. But like I was saying that I almost missed this one bit of information that that was huge. I almost missed the fact the reason why she was living with her grandma and grandpa. Yeah, that was that was really impressive of hearing about why cuz I you even stopped and looked at me and said, like, wait, wait, wait. Did we just hear that? that? It was, like, one sentence. Yeah, like, like, and oh, yeah, I... this is the reason why I lived with them. Because her mom was in a really bad car accident. She got hit by a car. Yeah, she had to be on crutches for years afterwards. Like, in a hospital? Yeah, and, like, I think in everyday life as well, too. Yeah, I... And I don't know if you've ever used crutches, but you can't hold anything when you have those. They also hurt my armpits, but I don't think I'm doing it right. <laughs> But yeah, I know it's it's just crazy to hear that the reason why she had to go live with her grandparents and had to experience Ukrainian train grandpa uh, Papa, for so pa. many years <laughs> yeah. was because her mom was in the hospital. It's really hard having to experience a parent with chronic illness or having some sort of disability or a something else along those lines, something that is life-changing in that way of seeing them having to deal with their own health struggles. When my great-grandma passed away, I saw her for the last time, I think that year or the year before, because they live out in, like, Saskatchewan. Mm -hmm. But my grandma was making so many trips in those last few years. Like, she was constantly going, trying to be by her mom's side. Yeah. And you, you, as a teenager or whatever, as a kid, whether or not you realize it, you are soaking up how people treat the people in their lives. And it's really hard to see your grandma as a person who is someone's daughter and someone's kid. And 
But just like seeing how much she cared, hearing her story, I'm realizing it wasn't new. She spent most, since she was a kid, she was constantly there, trying to be there for her mom in the hospital, on and off. And it does give a, a broader picture of everything and a deeper understanding to a person when you can see like the reason why she's so supportive in these ways is because she experienced it on and off throughout her childhood she deserves so much do you have any final things to say um i just i didn't really get to finish the previous thought about seeing your family like a parent or a a a caregiver Mm -hmm. in chronic pain or in the hospital or dealing with addiction or dealing with disability and sometimes that's that can be really difficult and traumatic and sometimes it's not but you you really get to see the way that it affects someone and the way that they learn to grow around it or not grow around it and just cope with it in their own separate way and sometimes it can be very difficult but other times it gives a whole new way of learning and a new way of life and you get to understand people for a deeper way that they are. Like, really, like, this is, yes, listening to their life story and giving them space. And me and you are learning from hearing these stories, kind of looking back on our own lives and how we go move about it. But to me, this wasn't recent in the last few years of great-grandma being alive. This was lifelong. This was 60 years in the making of these experiences. And despite all of like the adversity that she had, and she even said that she blocked out some abuse early on in the interview. But she also like accepted it. Like yeah. when I would suggest things like, do you think you block? I said blacked it out. Yeah. Do you think you blocked it out? Is it which one is it? Blocked I, or blacked I, out? I think you misspoke and said blacked it out, but it, it, you meant to say block it out. Yeah, but, but either way, even she sounded like that was the first time she thought of it, and she, she accepted it. She accepted it and said, "Oh yeah, probably," and then just kept rolling. It's like, "Oh, okay, okay, so, that's not gonna phase you in the least." <laughs> when I think of like this person, I'm like, she. When I said I could talk to her about everything, she doesn't dismiss me. No, she's she's there. She she listens to what I say and takes it advice sometimes shifts how she thinks because of what I what we talk about and she does it so quickly too but now I'm really understanding where that patience and that adaptability is coming from and it's from years of surviving yeah and her just going through the motions of I guess I have to do this now and just stepping up to the plate like it's no issue for her and I think about like experiences like I told you some like fun memories from like <laughs> before like the the segment started discovering um there was one memory that flashed through my brain but I didn't know how to like figure it out and I think I've like had enough time to like sit on it listening to this interview back but I think all the times that as a kid I was disappointed by my biological mom when I think of those times it was my grandma on top of like my my mom and my dad but it, it was really my grandma and my grandpa, my grandma Sandy and my grandpa Tom, who filled the void for me. They so, stepped into the role that you needed. There was this one time where my mom finally said she was going to allow me to celebrate my birthday with her. 
<laughs> could you believe that? I didn't celebrate a lot of my birthdays with my mom. Um, and she, like, for, like, months, it was, like, me getting so excited, like, oh, this is the first birthday I get to have at my mom's house in the yeah. city. And I was so happy and excited. And then the day comes where I'm coming home from school and they're going to take me out to my mom's. And I come in and I walk in and everyone looks really serious, like all my parents and my grandma and grandpa because they lived across the way. And they're like, Deidre, we need to talk to you. And they sit me down and they're like, so you won't be able to go to your mom's to celebrate your birthday. And I think I just start like crying or being like, maybe not crying, but maybe I was just like really still. And the first thing my grandma does is she like takes me to the living room. She puts on Grease because we loved watching her VHS of Grease together. Love it. She puts on Grease the musical and she gives me her leftover Chinese food because I'm an eater. And she just sits me there and that's how she comforts me. And then they go, they go and they try and like whip something together for me that day. That's really, that's so kind she knew exactly she what knew two what things needed. really comfort me, which is food and, like, musical. And and then I'm thinking, wow, it's because she had to comfort herself whenever she couldn't seek out her mom and her dad. She figured out what, like, maybe a kid needs in those moments. And, and she was my grandma. She, and she also had all of her siblings that she probably cared for as well, too. Yeah, we'll get into it like in future chapters, but thing we we get to hear a lot about that um, the kind of person she is and really like I'm just I think my grandma is someone to me that deserves so much admiration. She's someone who admits her mistakes too because I think she was like I'm hoping I was there for my kids, but I recognize I was tough on them. Meaning she, she recognizes that maybe yeah. she wasn't the best parent. Well, I mean, the way that we teach people to parent from now and to like 50 years ago, absolutely different. It was back when we used to spank kids, and now that is very much so not what we do. But if there, there's also this thought that if you're never taught how to love a child because you weren't loved as a child and you didn't see what that what true parenting was it's difficult to figure it out for yourself. And, I and can, she... I can see that, yeah. I can understand that. So, again, we'll get into this, like, in, in future chapters, which I hope people will sit or stay around for. But I'm I'm excited. Like, I every every time we record this, I'm like, oh, my gosh. It's, like, this, this interview, obviously, they're two different people, so different from each other. Absolutely different experiences. And I live for it. Like, this is, this is exciting for me. Yeah, her, I'm just so grateful. Yeah, and like her her outlook on life and how much she said that she had a fun and good childhood, despite all of the adversity that she just kind of managed to glaze over. It's like, yeah, I experienced this craziness, but yeah, I, was, like, literally, I still we, had a great time. We almost missed the fact her mom got like, hit by a car because I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. Like, hold on, let's wait, rewind you, this. You just casually mentioned that your mom was hit by a car? Let's rewind this soap opera. And I don't want to give anything away because I, I was, I did re-listen to a lot of the interviews with my grandma to like just like confirm some things and, you know, the moving consent. But just wait. Just wait. 
Okay, I can't wait to meet more of this woman. Season, no, I shouldn't confuse them because we're in season one. But I was about to be like season two of this of this soap opera that I is Sandra's life. I started <laughs> writing it like um, Avatar: The Last Airbender when you say it's book two, chapter one. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I I look forward to meeting more of her and getting to know more of her story mm -hmm. as we go through this and hearing about this wonderful little ball of light that she is yeah oh uh, while we're uh doing that while we say goodbye um we do want to thank a few peoples but while we do that i'm gonna pull up my instagram and show you a picture of my grandma so you can rather than last time i waited until the last okay. one to show you what people look so like so it's just kind of one of those things that i'll be able to know and yeah 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 that can't wait to see her. By the way, in this picture, it looks like she's almost as tall as me. I'm literally like standing as spread eagle as part as well, because <laughs> she didn't want to look too, too short. Okay. So I'm very spread eagle, and my grandma's on her tippy toes. Oh, she's so small. Oh, she seems nice. Okay, that's not exactly who I was picturing, but thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's the yeah. grandma. <laughs> no, I had a completely different vision in my head of, oh, okay, this is this is the casted character. Okay, thank you. <laughs> now I have a face. It. I have um, a face for it now. Okay, so thank you for sticking with us. Another long one, but you know us. That's yeah. how we are. Take a deep breath, everyone. Ready? One, two, three. Three more. Thank Everybody. you for listening. Thank you to our team for supporting this continued venture. Thank you to the listeners. Thank you, Deidre, for sharing this. Thank you. Oh, don't say my legal name. Oh, sorry. Deeds. Thank you, Deeds. It's not that far off. Okay. <laughs> One letter. Let's try this once more again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Deeds, for mm -hmm. sharing this with me and taking me on this little adventure, letting me get to know Grandma Sandy. She's an incredible woman, and I can't wait to meet more of her. Thank you, Savvy, for joining me on the venture. Uh, we, we, so we thank the team. We yeah. said thank you to the team. Thank you, team. Thank you, team. I appreciate um, you. Thank you, Calgary Arts Development, for your funding. Uh, we wouldn't be able to do this without uh, your funding, and it's highly appreciated to be able to share these stories with the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just like, yeah. Um, thank you, listeners, for your time and patience with us and putting please. up with us absolutely going on tangents and yeah, 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 with yeah. our thoughts. She cray cray. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Uh, some A few things, a few points of things that I'm getting better at this promoting thing. So please follow us out on Instagram at downtimewdeeds. Uh, please follow us on Facebook, Downtime with Deeds. Please follow us on our YouTube channel, Downtime with Deeds. And please, please, by the time this is out, we have, we will have premiered a black hole into a new universe, a new portal, if you will, a new to the horizon. Yes, where we will actually have released the podcast on multiple platform streams and have basically our own website on Acast and yeah. you're gonna have all four of uh, the first chapters of Dawn's life story 
and go go in and check it out. See, yeah. you, see if you if it's been a minute since you listened to the first few episodes or first few chapters, you should jump in. Or maybe you've been just supporting and following us along in social media with the intent to be like, once they actually release it on podcast sites, I'll go and have a listen. Yeah. As some of you have told me, <laughs> I'm holding you to it. Go have a listen. Um, like I, us, support us, share us. I don't know how to promote these things. Yeah, just um, get the word out there. Word of mouth. Maybe you'll have a carrier pigeon. Put that. Put put a little note on his foot. Tell it. Hey. Yeah. Go share this. Spread the news. <laughs> tell your pigeon friends. Listen to downtime with these. Super exciting that this uh, chapter, chapter five of Sandra Miles Latticer's life story, will be premiering on all our platforms. The first episode to premiere. Hoorah! We'll, we'll already have like Uncle Don's episodes, but we can't like premiere them again. So yeah, this episode is the first one where we're fresh premiering one. across the board. Yes, this is the freshest. Super exciting. The other ones have been in storage. They're still good. They're still out there. But this one is the the, the newest batch. Yeah, you yeah, wanna, yeah. You want to give it a good listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, if you have any questions... Feel free to shoot us an email, an email, yeah, or a comment because we're also going to be gearing up for additional reflection episodes as we continue on season one after these initial interviews are completed. Yeah, Sorry. feel free. We're happy to respond, and if we don't feel happy, then maybe we won't answer your questions. Or Sorry maybe we that. will, and we'll express our anger as we answer. Like, oh my gosh, this mm-hmm. makes me so angry. This person is telling me they don't like Mean Girls. How dare. Hey, listen. Quit calling me out. You can watch. You can have my lifetime supply of the film. I'm done. I'm done. A lifetime supply of the film? You can have all the hours of which I would spend watching You know what? I already used them up, so... I don't know if I need to feel threatened now. Can you say another film that would probably make me upset that you don't like? Um... Just for funsies. I don't know if you've seen it. This would get a lot of people rather upset. I feel like I'm gonna put this. I'm gonna redo your bio for our website. And put rude, AKA hater of this film. Not yeah, a hater yeah. of the film. It's okay. just not my favorite. The one film that I know that a lot of people really do enjoy that yeah. I don't is Castle in the Sky. It's yeah, a lot of people love it. Is Castle in the Sky Studio Studio Chibli? Yes, because I or is Ghibli? Ghibli. Chibli. Yeah. Chibli. Um. I love most Studio Ghibli, but I, I will say this, Castle in the Sky isn't my favorite one. I watched almost all of their stuff. I do not like Castle in the Sky. Who's what's your, Which one's your favorite? Howl's Moving Castle. Easily. Another castle. Yeah, I mean, like, that are my neighbor Totoro. Both um, of them are really good, but... I think I like, and I think this is Studio Ghibli as well. I think my favorite one is... Oh, fuck, what is it called? That's not the uh, name of the film. <laughs> no, no uh, n- not Nausicaa. Though that one is my that one is my little sister Sadie's favorite. Nausicaa um, Valley, the one, very good, one. Um, excellent taste. What's the one with the the wolf princess? That's Princess Mononoke. Yeah, that's a good one. I do enjoy that one as well. Obviously, I love Spirited Away. 
But yeah. mostly, but like I, I want. Why do I want there to be a part two of them grown up and like having a romance? I'm just like really lonely. I, I mean, just want no, them. To, I, I know I they're it. children, and, and like, one's a dragon. I get it. But I, like, I just, I, I want part two of their adult life. I want to see the adult life of uh, Ponyo and see how that life turns. Oh out yeah, because they end it with like, "Do you love my daughter?" And I'm like, yeah, and "They are five. And then she becomes a human, and I, I want to see what the world is like post the ocean taking over everything right like that's oh a yeah huge part dude of it. i want like a cut and sometimes they do this in Ghibli, where you just have like bystanders reacting to the things happening they're like like in kiki's delivery service yeah. there's so my favorite is the people being like that's a that's a whole child on a broom right yeah it's like, it's, it's, i love that those businesses of like just those tiny side bits of hilarity yeah oh my goodness okay we're really off the base anyway oh we should watch the heron and the boy before it's out of theaters i would love to watch that movie it won for best animated picture this year what are you doing with the desk over there the desk is angry because you don't like what was that one you don't like i don't like castle in the sky and i like it it's just not my most fave But I do appreciate the whole, like, analogy with, like, nature and... I will actively avoid watching this film. It'll actively avoid you, too. (laughs) I mean, yeah, it just makes me cry every time at the end, and I'm always angry. I'm like, this was totally... It it was absolute nonsense. Oh, so you you don't like it because it makes you feel sad things rather than hopefulness. I don't even feel hopefulness. What? Where's the hope in the film? I'm sorry, we're getting off base here. Okay, this will be... Uh, join us for our special Studio Ghibli <laughs> discussion. Listener, if you know the point of the hopefulness of the film, please enlighten me in a soft and gentle way, otherwise I will feel attacked I will say, and scared. that's why, I, like, Princess Mononoko, like, I do feel that way for some of the things that end up happening, like, to the... Yeah, no, the I, I, get, I, know, like, I know what you're talking about. There's a lot about. of sadness in there, yeah. and I get people's sides of things, and they're likable, but I'm like, you... No, I get you there. <laughs> Anywho, thank you, listeners. Thank you, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Take a deep breath. Go grab some water. Unclench the boat. Talks. And call your paw, paw, paw. If you have one, if not, then just call a friend if you got one. Maybe, you know, just do a thing that makes you feel good. Do a thing for you now. We're going to go do that. We're going to go do things for ourselves. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, bye. Bye, everyone. Till next time. See you.